Welcome to episode 524 of Discussion Road. <laughs> I, th- I thought that this was, um, um, I can't think on my feet like that. I thought this was Chitter Chatter Avenue. Um, uh. <laughs> Let's get on with it. This is Conversation Street, episode 524 for the 23rd to the 27th of May. Yes. Yes, it is. Have I said I... my name? I'm Gemma. No, I've not even said my name. I'm Michael. Hello. Nice to meet you. How are you doing? Um, what do you do? Yes. <laughs> this is, the, is that what the this, Queen says? Yes. How the, do you do? This is the pre-Jubilee episode this is, of Conversation Street. We've got a new logo and everything with the Union Jack. This is pre, pre-Jubilation Street. Yes, it is. Well, there is a Jubilee Terrace in Coronation Street world, actually, isn't there? <laughs> nice one. I assume one. that's... <laughs> nice one, me, or nice one, whoever nice named one, the whoever road. Nice one, whoever named it. Everyone on there is Coronate. like, get the bunch. Well, it's out. all very royal around there, isn't it? Jubilee, mm. Coronation. Well, um, yeah. Tile. <laughs> Maybe They've got the... tiles on the roof at Buckingham House, don't they? <laughs> this is, um, you talk about the episodes numbered 10,646 to 10,651 <clears throat> of Coronation Street. I'll tell you what they don't have. Which are the ones that are on the telly this week? What? Chazza and Cam's coming round to raise a toast to the old mum. Oh yeah, no they don't. Like EastEnders. Charles and Camilla are going to be on EastEnders, they're going to be on the rival show, aren't they, coming up? But... Corrie got there first. Corrie did it first. Corrie got there like 20 years ago. But so. I have seen the clip and it does look like it was a bit more of an elaborate appearance than Coronation Just Street. on the telly with Audrey. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we Corrie might still get a royal appearance. They got the actual Flipping Queen going there I know, last the Flipping year, Queen on, went. Just not on the actual show. And every time you see they a should've... bush there, you can remember... <laughs> Whenever <laughs> you see the Queen's bush. Yeah. In Every time I Gardens. see that bush, I go, Her Madge, she was there. She rejected the offer she went, of a bush. No, no, I couldn't think you of anywhere it, to put fine. it. <laughs> I've got lots of bushes already. I don't know if anyone told you. I hope that people like the Next Union Jack logo that I nice. made for the podcast. I quite like it. It's quite patriotic. We're feeling, isn't yeah, it? we're feeling very patriotic. I think here. that maybe some people might not like it. But, but, but I don't hey. Care. I think it's very nice. Um, we, we can we just talk about how difficult it is to get Union Jack bunting around this place. Can I just say, Michael? What I think you know what this means. Mm. The fact that we went how many shops did we go to? We went to Next because we wanted some high class bunting. Yeah. Then we went to Sainsbury's because we wanted some fairly high class bunting. Then we went then to we, Marks and Spencers. Yeah, let's try even better. And then we thought we'd slum it and get some Tesco bunting. Yeah. Neither of these places any of them. had any Union. Not even a trace. Like there was a there was like a little token. They had mini, their own bunting up. Yeah, they, 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 oh, they were all parading bunting in our faces yeah. all down the aisle. No, look at this. Do you want it? You can't have it. Yeah, even like there's one at Next. There was a little sign on one of them said "Not for Sale." It was there. Yeah, literally. Well, I was, next. next. I, I was, I, we were ready to just start pulling, weren't yeah. we, and taking some home. Because we, we, we've got, now we've moved house, we've got a very nice little um, sloped roof, which is well, perfect for stringing whole, bunting along and Christmas lights and stuff. The whole house belongs to us. It's not like when we lived in the other place, we couldn't go higher than six foot, because no. it wasn't actually our house we anymore. We want to celebrate 70 years of her match on the throne, but we, we want can't. to celebrate just being happy, living in a, a pretty nice country, actually. Yes. But we can't. Do you know Why? Why? probably Putin has probably done this uh, yeah but every time you refuse to hang bunting off your off your house mm. 
Putin wins. <laughs> so think about that. Well, I don't know. It just sounds, it was just really weird. They had these tiny little stalls, didn't they, in some of the shops where you could buy like a couple of red, white and blue paper cups. Maybe we're too early. I, it's next Maybe week. Maybe they're going to break it out they, in, they've on got Monday. It, they've got it in Weatherfield. Do you think they're oh, starting no. from the north down? I don't think it works that way. Maybe it's like a frost. I do like all the, the Union country. Jacks that we're seeing in Coronation Street. I know, Street. I, I do like it. Nice. I'm we, sorry, I like a bit of pomp and circumstance. Shoot me, I'm English. Yeah, well, they, they uh, we saw this because um, some people went on the Corrie tour a couple of months ago and it was up yeah. then, so I was looking forward to it appearing on the screen. It's very lovely. They're going overboard, aren't they? It's in the, it's no, in the pub, it's can't. in the factory. It's impossible to go overboard when it comes to her mad. very, very nice. So this is a patriotic podcast um, just for her yeah she, um, if she wants to listen to this she can she can download it somebody can show her how to do it mm. oh, i love the queen so much Gemma does love the queen I really she does do. quite like her i, I bought... don't know if you've noticed that over the <laughs> last bought... 10 years bit need... of a royalist i i'm not a royal what does that i don't even know what that means into the monarchy i don't know if i'm into the monarchy i just i just appreciate you're having a, a head of state that isn't boris johnson you've got you've got a whole <laughs> shelf on your on your study um where did that come from books. where did that come do you know why those books are there no. Because I looted them from your great aunt Valerie's oh, yeah, house. They're not actually, actually my books. I just some went... Of, some of them are. Does nobody else want these books about the royal family? Why do you How not? How many of them have you read? I'm sorry, I want to bag see these. Are you going <laughs> to... You don't want them? Are you sure? It's a book called Jubilee here. That's going to come relevant every 10 years. Yeah, not really keen on Harry and Meghan. That makes you a royalist. I don't like Prince Andrew. No, we all hate Prince Andrew. We all Andrew. hate Prince he's Andrew. He's man, excluded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From our discussion. Anyway, anyway, that's our... Um, should, we, should we get going? you got a quiz for me this <laughs> week. Yes. I, mean, I feel like we're in quite a jubilant mood today. Jubilicious. I don't know whether we can carry this on for the whole of the podcast. No, I don't but think so. Bally well try. So... Just, it's... Every, you know... I'm feeling happy because be it's really half bad. term. It was the last day of, of term at school today. And we had a nice little jubilee celebration. We got the we got the lunch tables out. We, um, we, yeah, we, we all had lots of cakes and, and, and biscuits and stuff and made sure that the children who were allergic to things didn't, didn't get them. Don't and, eat them. Don't and, eat bees, yeah, children. It was, it was lovely. I'm feeling, I'm feeling happy. And then we went, I came home early from school and we went yeah. to Starbucks. We had steak for dinner. We did have steak for dinner. I think it's the steak talking that's uh, making us all high. It's all the meat we'll be going, proteins. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be having a steak crash any minute now and we'll oh, just go. No. Um, every, I know things are really bad and it's tough out there, but... You know, anybody can make a jam sandwich and wave a flag. Just if you, you know, want, but you don't have to. You don't have to. But I am going to make if you're, some. If you're staking your claim, if your flags in Boris's camp, then good luck to you. Yeah. Because he's not doing he's not doing so well in the public opinion polls at the moment. So. But I'm going to make some jam pennies, which is the Queen's favourite snack apparently, which is basically just circular jam sandwiches. I think. Every, you well, know. you know what I say about the Queen? She does have simple tastes. She does. She doesn't like the extravagant. <laughs> um, right, come on, let's do a quiz. Do you want to do, do a quiz? quiz. Okay. Yes, I would love to. Are and you then, ready? Then I want to know whose birthday it is because it is a very special person's birthday. Well, yeah. Imagine how excited you'd be if your birthday was this week or next week. Well, you'd be a bit annoyed because it's overshadowed by I the wouldn't. Queen. I wouldn't. I'd be like, come to my party, wear a Union Jack. <laughs> right, ready? Yes. Uh, 23rd of May, 19... Oh, this is things that happen between the 23rd and, and the 27th. the 27th of May. You're sending the 27th. I know. And the source is information from coronationstreet.fandom.com. 23rd of May, 1977. Ernest Bishop is in charge of organising the streets float for which event? <laughs> the Jubilee. Which one? 1977 would be the... 25th anniversary jubilee which is the diamond silver diamond di silver jubilee silver silver it is silver but it's not going to be the 25th is it 50 60 70 yes That's oh yeah 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 
I don't, I, I I don't get an extra point over you. I get two points for that. You know what happened to Summer today when she was doing her maths exam? That's <laughs> yeah. what happens to when I just look at numbers. <laughs> you get all woozy and you have a funny, like, uh, funny blurry uh, camera. help me out of the room. Oh, okay. uh, 23rd of May 1962. Which character prepares to flit away without saying goodbye, but is convinced to bid farewell at the oh, Rovers? Yes. This was a very early leaving. Oh. 1962. Which character? You, that was Lucille Hewitt, was No. Yes. Lucille Hewitt left no. in 1962. Oh, no, she actually left, did she, this character? I thought there was somebody who was going to leave, but didn't. I thought you said they were convinced not to leave. Which character prepares to flit away without go- saying goodbye, yeah. but is convinced to bid farewell at the oh. Rovers? I don't know. You know, Lucille Hewitt was in the past I thought I thought that this was somebody convincing somebody not to leave. Um, Lucille Hewitt was like a teenager. She couldn't have left her if she wanted to. I don't know is my answer to that. Sorry, you have to... Can you not think of any early characters who aren't in it anymore? <laughs> no. No? 1962. Can I have a clue? I, I, won't, I won't take a point for this, but give me woman. a clue. Yeah, more. Um, She was middle-aged. Um... I'm going to say she didn't... Yes. Oh, there we go. Zero. She did come back, though, didn't she, after 1962? She went away for a bit. 24th of May, 2017. How does Ken remember that it was Daniel who pushed him down the stairs? How did he remember? He probably heard, probably heard, like, um, God Save the Queen or something, innit? It unlocks our brain power. I can't, you know, I can't remember what it was that made him realise. Everyone, everyone in Did this he... country, if you hear "God Save the Queen," it suddenly unlocks our superpowers. I think he just saw the book or something, didn't they? I'm going to say he saw the book. The book. No. Oh. What was it then? It was the Red Trainers. Uh, yeah. Okay. Fine. Twenty fifth of May, oh, two thousand and seventeen. Who does Tim discover is really stalking Sally? Two thousand and seventeen. You say. I do. Stalking. Stalking them. Stalking. Everybody thought it was somebody and it was actually somebody else. Leah. Yes. Yes, you thought I was going to say Gina. Who is Leah? <laughs> Leah is Gina's daughter, stepdaughter, foster daughter, adopted stepdaughter. daughter. Yes. Well done. Thank you. Uh, 25th of May, 1977. Elsie gets divorced from whom so he can remarry? So she can remarry. Oh, so he can he remarry. He can remarry. Oh. Don't correct my questions. Oh, oh Alan Howard. Yep. 26th of May, 1982. Which character runs away from her long-term foster parents to live with Len and Rita? Um, uh, forgot the name. Sharon. <laughs> yes, Sharon Gaskill. Mm-hmm. 26th of May 2017 what does Daniel retrieve from under the floorboards that proves he pushed Ken book book a book yeah what, big thick chunky just any one. old book a bloodied book yeah book that's covered in blood what was it it was a poetry book wasn't it <sighs> it's boring some sign of English literacy book it's like literacy collected book. works of Shakespeare or something mm. 27th of May 1992 Terry Duckworth tries to do a runner during what his wedding. <laughs> Why are you? Is it a to, question? No, no, no. His wedding to Lisa Horton. That's correct. Yeah, you did it. I, I made it. I thought I was gonna. I had a shaky start with that one. Is you that it? it? Yeah. What do I get? Six out of eight. That's all right. Three quarters. Right. My not questions bad. right this it's week. Not bad. Who, Gemma? Pray tell me. Has a birthday. I should pray tell week. you that uh, on the twenty eighth of May, it's Anne Reed's birthday. He played Valerie Barlow. Oh, lovely. Michelle Collins, who played Stella Price. 
Very nice too. Who? Who's that? <coughs> Sorry. 29th of May is Harry Kershaw. Nice. You don't need to, me to explain to you who Harry Kershaw is. Important early Corrie bloke. Alan Igbun, he was Tony Stewart the first. Mm-hmm. Adam Rickett, Nick Dilsey the second. Rickett. And George Banks. Oh, which day is it George's birthday? It's 29th. 29th, it's Sunday. Lovely. George Banks' birthday. He, he plays Henry, Henry Newton. Newton. Yeah. I said, <laughs> I'm sure he's not going to listen to this, so we can say he's getting a coronation, a Conversation Street water bottle in the post for his birthday. He's going to be so chap. thrilled. I know he really <laughs> wants. <laughs> he's, get, he's getting one. We have sent. We've got. We've got, sent him a card, which he hopefully will have arrived at his house today. And yes, he'll be able to open a lovely water bottle. We've started sending the water bottles out to our Rovers patrons, but they're quite expensive to send. It will take so you a while. Just if you patient. don't, if you yeah. don't get one for a bit, don't worry. We either haven't sent it or we've sent it on a very slow. We're sending it on donkeys. very slow um, boat. We've across released, the Atlantic. The, unleashed the donkeys mm. to send them across the world. Thirtieth yes. of May, Sally Devonay plays Sally Webster. Maybe that's why she was on the front of that magazine. She was on the front of a magazine. Is it a a milestone birthday? I don't know. She's 25 again. I know who has got a milestone birthday coming up. Character-wise, you told me this week. Toya. Toya is going to be 40 40 on Monday. And I'm sure that there will be an episode dedicated to her, celebrating her birthday. She's 40 on Monday, is she? Well, she was born in 82 on the show, wasn't she? And her birthday's on Monday. Okay. So she'll be 40, won't she? Yeah, well, no, so, so, Toya's 40, no wonder she wants, she, she's agreed to let um, Abby take Elsie out. She's yeah, like, brilliant, I can have I'm my birthday with just my, with just my new hubby. Yeah, nice. So, yeah, I'm sure that they will mention it because it's an important milestone birthday and they Toya has been working very hard to, to create a family and finally she's got herself children and a husband right before the deadline there of the big 4-0 and I'm sure that she'll reflect upon that on Monday and talk in great length we about all the things that she's achieved in we her life. We shall see. Is Britain's Got Talent Week? Um, it's not though, is it? What? Is Britain Got Talent on? Yes. Is it? Yes, there's adverts for it whenever we watch Corrie with fire-breathing dragons and stuff. fire-breathing dragon? You're not watching. Yes, Britain's Got Talent um, on. It's excuse me, if it's Britain's week. Got tra- Talent, we shouldn't be celebrating dragons. We don't like dragons in this country. Oh, no, no. No, it's, it's that's why next week Corrie is on at 7.30 every day, remember? I don't know this. It's on at 7.30 every day. Oh, yes, God. we had that in the cabin a few weeks. You don't even listen to a word I say, honestly. Who listens to this stupid podcast? Anybody? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Oh, really? Every day? Yes, but only what, for half, half an, an hour. hour? Yeah. Oh. That's fine. It's an exciting week. It's, it's got t- Gemma, you are the host <laughs> of a Coronation Street podcast. You don't moan when there's a Britain's Got Talent week. We have half, half an, an hour, hour less. less. Take half an hour less to talk oh. about next week. Oh. oh, come on. No, I was trying to... I was been planning our week and I didn't know that. Well, you should have done. First what of June, Jeffrey Le- Leslie, or Leesley, or maybe it's spelt wrong, played Gordon Clegg the second, and Charlotte Jordan, who plays Daisy Mid. Oh, it's Charlotte Jordan's birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday Third of June, her. Michelle Keegan, who played Tina McIntyre. Lovely. Zip. Happy birthday to all those <sighs> lovely people. Um, especially George. Especially happy birthday to you. I'm, I'm, I'm having a, a birthday Smash Brothers game with him on Sunday as well. He's going to whoop my ass. <laughs> I'm not cutting out and keeping the burp in because it's just one of them podcasts this week. Ready for street talk? Okay, 
welcome to this week's Street Talk section, everybody. We, I think we've got eight stories to talk about this week. Some of them are fairly short, and um, all of them have got terrible storyline titles, of course. Um, we had we had the fabled um, Tyrone and Phil cement fight that I'd seen rumours and rumblings about before this week's episode. So um, the storyline title for what's been going down with them this week is Ty and Phil with Cement. I don't really know what that's supposed to be referring to. It sounds like some sort of deadly water balloon or something, doesn't it? That you could crack someone's how skull you open with. That is, yeah, that is how you win. A water balloon fight sticks a load of cement in it. So we'll talk about that one first. Then we're going to move on to the happy babby baby that looks like it may be building up to something big happening next week, just saying. Up next, Gemma, is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? Bulimian Rhapsody is storyline number three. Up next, we have got the, um, the breakup. Oh no, oh, of Nathaniel and Nikki. So sad, Nikki Wheatley, she's gone. Is she gone? I don't Bye. know. I haven't seen whether, whether, whether Kim has said on, on Twitter she's leaving or whatever. But um, for the separation storyline, it's called Separate the Wheatley from the Chap. <laughs> Thank you very much. I don't think it's that good. We had the Infe Tile story coming up. Tile Street, there was literally a story about tiles falling off a roof. Um, so it's not going to be a five out of five week this week. Um, spoiler alert. We did have a little bit more of the Timperton storyline and Sean's storyline alert, everybody. What do you think about that? That's right. Sean has got a new man and he's called Frank. So this storyline is called, for now, Frankie Goes to Tullywood. Gemma, I'm going to pass over to you for Ty and Phil with Cement. What happened there this week? Monday. Phil and Phil are enjoying their garden, which is lovely and sunny on the south coast of Wales. Yes, yeah, so nice, yeah. Hope is sick and she's off school and Phil's going to look after her because he's a uh, homeless bum. No, he's not a homeless bum. He's an <laughs> he's like unemployed bum. unhomeless. He's got too much home. Yes. Tyrone chats with Fizz in the cafe, finds out about Phil looking after Hope and then when she goes, he tells Kirk that he's decided he's not going to tell her about the fact that he saw Phil last week in Victoria Gardens. Shady dealings. Doing a shady dealings with a dodgy bloke, giving him some paperwork or taking some paperwork or something. Giving. Phil. It was, it was the state papers, wasn't it? Phil. Yes. Let's hope use his laptop while her turn. <laughs> uh, he says, she was like, can, can, we, can I go inside? Can I go? No, Hope, I need to keep an eye on you. You can have a go on my laptop. Anyway, I'm going inside, so you can, you're free to just go through it. I didn't, I, I didn't believe this storyline one bit because I don't think children these days know how a computer works. If it's not something with a touchscreen that you can just poke and prod, uh, they don't get it. I mean, the children's... People say that these days, oh, yeah, kids are all understand technology. They don't understand PCs. It's really bad. Like I've noticed over the course of the last 10 years when we're doing ICT at school, I'd say, right. And you just, teach children, like, primary school age Yeah, ages. I teach children hope, hope's age, exactly. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yes, save, save your work somewhere. What do you mean? Oh, God. So I have to t- teach people how to save things again. Or, yeah, open the file that we saved last week. Not a chance. But anyway, they... John... Um, not John, sorry. Phil did make it extremely easy for Hope to find what she was looking for, didn't she? By having a blatantly labelled file there on his desktop with STAPE in capital letters on. So. Well, he says, look, play on one of these games. I'm going to leave you alone in privacy because I think children need more privacy. And he, um, yeah, she just immediately closes that window and opens, looks, starts looking around on the desktop, finds this folder that says STAPE and starts reading it. I really would love to know exactly what it said but we'll never find out comes back out and she's in the digger there's one of these little tiny 
bucket diggers, isn't there? Mm. She's got the engine on. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't ask too many questions about how she managed to climb in. Or why the keys were in the ignition. Yeah, and how she knew how to operate it. Because she was, like, sitting there when, when he comes out, wasn't she? With her, with her hand just on the, on the smash the car window button. She knew that if she pressed this... Somehow the digger would come down. I, I think that's you know sometimes I think she get she's like one of these people that can just pick up any instrument and play it. Yeah, she hope can pick up any kind of she can cause chaos tool from of any... mass destruction. Yeah. She yeah. know how the nuke button works. I oh, tell definitely, you. she toned straight into it. That's why she should never be prime minister. <laughs> so she's there. She he's like turn this off, and she refuses to listen to him, and she brings the bucket end smack down onto and through his car windscreen. Um, and then Phil phones Fizz. She has to come around. She brings Tyrone with her, and because she bad parents. Well, how okay? But sometimes they act like the other kids nothing to do with them, and sometimes they act like. I don't. I wouldn't say they act like the kids nothing to do with them. Occasionally, they'll say things like there'll, there'll be a slip of the tongue. Be like, she's not she's really like, my daughter. Yeah, she's your daughter, not mine, or yeah. something. But I think it is That's a slip completely, of the completely believable that both of them turned up. Comes round, Fizz manages to get Hope out of the digger, and she says, "I want to go home. I want to go home with my dad." But Fizz orders her inside, but they end up going back to number nine, Hope and Tyrone, and Hope saying, oh, "Am I bad like my dad?" Um, did mummy go to prison? <laughs> She's discovered her dirty secret. See, I'm I'm really intrigued that they never told. Uh, I'm, Hope I'm any always of this. I'm always surprised. I always assume that everybody knows everything, but yeah. time and time again, we've had this, haven't we? I can't yeah. remember, like, because wasn't it just recently that Max found out about Callum? Yes. And I was like, oh, why, why didn't he know? I, I know, so surely he should know. Is yeah. That like, but it's no. like being um, an omnipotent god. Watching Coronation Street sometimes. And um, same with Amy and Tracy as well. She didn't realise about her mum being in prison for quite a long time, did she? She just thought that she'd gone away for a bit. It's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, totally. But you'd have thought that... Now, Hope's a bit... is a bit of a bright spark. You'd have thought that she might have been inquisitive about it. I guess... I guess Tyrone and Fizz must have just, like, rebuffed her. I don't know. I I don't know that you would even think... To think about it. I don't know. Um, That's why we're not parents. Hope... uh, Fizz gets a phone call from Tyrone to say <laughs> that Hope said that she's found these things about John on the computer. So she confronts Phil. And Phil's like, oh, I was just researching. I was doing it for you. Um, nobody knows the hell you've been through with, with John. That was weird because he she's never said any of this to, to him. She's never spoken about this to him. No. That, she, Why did she he did take it? it? Well, no, she did. he did last week, didn't she? Yeah, when, this, when... Is, this isn't from last week, though. He's been doing this for a long time. No, I don't think he was. I think he's only just been doing it, he said. I wasn't sure myself when we watched it. Well, it depends I... on whether... Okay. I th- I think they said that this this has not been a long term project. It hasn't been Phil secretly snooping out on Fizz for the past six months. She got upset last week when her, you know, the the story was you know, raised at that dinner meeting that she you know without her being prepared for it, and she's like, I'm never going to be able to. Um, forget him. I'm worried that my friends or some of the neighbours still think I was in on it, and I was just as bad as him with with you know Charlotte's murder and and, and Colin and everyone. And he and this was apparently his cat candid way of saying, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell the full and frank expose on your side of the story on what it was like to be married to John Stape. Okay. Um, Thank you. He's been working very hard on this. He's obviously done quite a lot of research already. Mm. He listened to our character profile. That's all you yeah. need to know. He's obviously really bored not having a job. Mm. 
Well, he's got he's doing his digging and his cementing, isn't he? And he's I know, but maybe he doesn't want to do it. To. Maybe he's bored. Maybe he's bored and he's procrastinating. Mm, okay. Like I was procrastinating this week for my deadline, so I cleared out the all of our larder and uh, reorganised the she fridge. Did, she's done a good job, everybody. So, <laughs> um, she can she's confronting him, and and um, he's explaining that she never got to tell her side of the story, and nobody knows what really happened, and he wants to write a true crime book about about John Stape, and she's like, I cannot believe this. And Phil's saying, oh, it's just an idea. I just want people to hear your side. And she's fuming about this. She's like, uh, now Hope knows. She thinks she's a bad person. Um, I'm going. I'm leaving you. I'm not coming back. She just breaks up with him immediately. This is so weird. She said, I'm going back to Coronation Street. And we're like, oh, they said the name of the programme. It makes <laughs> it sound like she'd, you know, done a done a bunk, had gone to a spin-off or, or you know crossed over to Walford or something like I'm not I'm going too back. depressing around here I'm going yeah. back to Coronation I heard that we're going to be on every day next week so <laughs> Fizz is back with Tyrone and he fills her in about this dodgy envelope exchange that he saw and Fizz says that I know I had to tell Hope at, what, at what some point but I didn't think it was going to be yet and what she tells Ruby what she what am I what am I going to do now I don't know like I basically don't have anywhere to live and Tyrone's like move in with me he's just probably thrilled because now he doesn't have to sell my house yeah, yeah, exactly. That kind of went quiet a little bit, didn't it? Yeah, they haven't really. And now that much he's going to have to sell it again. Yeah. They get hope in the lounge and they tell her everything, and she's like going, what, "What's happening?" It was like it was like the Clockwork Orange scene, wasn't it? Apart from pinning the eyes open, it's pinning the ears back because we're going to tell you absolutely everything about your John, Rosie, Colin, Charlotte, Joy, Joy Fishwick. has a blast in the past. Yeah. Um, hope... I still, I still think that John's got a bit of a bad rapper, like. He wasn't as bad. Everybody is making out like he's you know, almost Genius. as bad as Phelan or Richard Hillman, but he really wasn't, was he? He was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. It was like Blessing some mothers some do have him, but with a murderer. He was a he was a fairly decent chap. Just had bad things happen to him. Um, you're a bit of a murder apologist, aren't you, Michael? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I have to say. Uh, okay, so um, Tyrone is sitting there sulking because. Fizz is walking a very difficult line here. She's trying to explain to Hope what happened without completely demonising John. And because John is her dad, John is Hope's father. So she doesn't really want to sort of make it sound too bad. But but Tyrone's listening. He's like, I can't believe that you're, you're like, you know... Uh, playing this down he was a nut uh, and he talks about Jade he says that she was a nutcase I mean, and I guess... gets offended because obviously she actually knows Jade. yeah yeah and, and Jade I can't remember exactly but she must have like really bigged up their dad you know me and you John was our dad he, he was he was great so maybe Hope kind of semi-hero worshipped her dad possibly her real dad well, everybody every kid wants their parents to be yeah heroes and when you're a certain age, you kind of do think that about them. And then mm. as you get older, you start to realise that maybe yeah. they're just normal people. I wonder whether um, Phil would have got Jade in for her side of the story for his book, had it got any further. Oh, yeah. Mm. So anyway, um, he's like, so- sorry, but um, he says, um, I'm your dad or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. Fizz explains to Hope that before John died, she, she promised to tell her him yeah her sorry she yeah. promised john before he died that she would tell hope about him and now here they are and he wasn't all that bad lots of people oh, liked him all he ever wanted to do was teach i know i think they used that line at the time didn't they i only ever wanted to teach uh 
It's a vocation, everybody. Yeah, right. <laughs> Phil lets himself in later, and he's looking really ashamed of himself. He's really sheepish. And Tyrone is like, I can't believe the nerve. What are you doing in here? And he tries to explain himself and says, look, your story's gold. And he, he can't shut up. He's like... Fizz is mad and he says, look, sorry, I'm really sorry, I deleted everything. I, I only come up with a few ideas for the titles and they were really bad as well, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember what any of them were. There was something they were, they really were well ridiculous, like sound bad. John Stape, the deadly teacher of Weatherfield or something like that. It's really poor. Yeah, I mean, Hope had been the one sitting behind the digger on Monday uh, evening, but he was the one that was really digging himself a bit of a hole uh, by the end of the night. Well, he's like, um, look, sorry, I'm really, really sorry. And she's like, I can't forgive you. And he says, look, you know, don't be too hasty about this because we could even do a podcast to tie in on this. And she's like, what are you talking about? Stop pitching this idea to me. I'm leaving you. Stop trying to move into our territory as well, Phil. Yeah, Phil. Keep your bloody true crime Coronation Street podcast to yourself. Thank you very much. So, um, yeah, Fizz is like, I can't believe you're still pitching this to me. I'm leaving you. I'm coming around for my stuff tomorrow and that's it. It's the end of that. Tyrone and Fizz are in the lounge later and then chatting like... They're all back together again and uh, they get the duvets out. She, he makes her a hot chocolate and they're kind of looking at each other like, oh, this is the bit where we get back together again, is it? And Michael's going, yeah, and I'm I going, was. no, I don't I want was. them to get back together again. Yeah. On Wednesday, Fizz is crying um, when Tyrone comes into the lounge it's slash the kitchen moment, isn't slash dining room. And she also says, I'll, I'll go over to see Phil because uh, Hope's left a toy there. And Tyrone says, I'll go round. And she says, okay, great. And gives him a hug. And then Evelyn comes in. And she's like, ooh, hope I'm not interrupting anything. And she tells Tyrone that he's the cat who got the cream. Kevin and Tyrone talk about Phil at work. And Kevin's like, do not gloat at him. Because you've got Fizz back. Because... Just go and get the toy, get back out again. No cement fights. Don't have a cement fight. It's too cliche. Fizz tells the other at work that she and Phil are over. She doesn't go into the details, just says they're incompatible. And Sean's trying to get the sort of information out of uh, Fizz at lunchtime. And Fizz has to admit what Phil yeah, was up to. Yeah, he's been quite nice. He wasn't just trying to get the goss, was he? I think he was genuinely sympathetic to Fizz's plight. Yeah, and she says, oh, I feel so stupid and gullible. And Sean says, it's not your fault. Nobody could have seen, seen this coming and... Then he's like, ooh, are you, you know, kind of insinuating that they should get back together. He should, she should get back together with Tyrone. Yes, I'm not with Sean. <laughs> hey, how about you and me, Fizzbomb? <laughs> now, Tyrone arrives at the house. He's a bit grumpy. He's been driving for eight hours to get to Cardiff. Um, he tells Phil <laughs> that Fizz is We're in We're not giving bits. up on that, you know. It's where it is. And if you don't like it, you're going to have to take it out of Coronation Street. Um he says, fit, fit, you, There's been nothing on the broken... show to say it's not in Cardiff. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you said, you broke her heart. They start squabbling. And then they just fall into a cement pit, which happens to be nearby. <laughs> oh, what was he Was he just like putting a little mini, like a mini patio each there? Other. No, I just want to know what, you know, what was the point it of that? It was a weirdly small it patio, was a really tiny square. Considering how massive his garden is and how big his house is. It looks like, yeah, it was... Titchy. Just big enough to have a little homoerotic cement fight in. <laughs> it, well, come on, it Whatever was, you lads get it? up to, I don't know. This is why you all spend all your afternoons in being cute, obviously. <laughs> uh, they haul themselves out and Phil's scrabbling around and he says, I've, I've lost something. It's an engagement ring. Oh, no. Uh, it's his grandma's. So Tyrone says, you're an idiot. This well, is done with he, you. He's not just, that makes it sound like he's only upset with it because it's his grandma's ring. Well, he wants it to propose, propose to Fizz. To Fizz. And uh, he, yeah, 
Tyrone's like, oh, I'm not going to help you. And she, he says, oh, it's my grandma's. I was going to put it on a willow sapling as the symbol of our growing love. I love what does that, that even mean? I don't, I don't know what that know, means. I it sounded so sappy. And Tyrone's like, <laughs> I know, isn't it? I love Tyrone's reaction to that. But what for? It, I, what, to leave it there? Or to take a photo and put it on Instagram? And... I don't know if he was going to break it off and like shove a stick in her face and say, look, look. look it's our stick. love. It's got a ring on it. Take it. We're married. We're engaged sti- now. The stick is your finger. Do you get it? <laughs> anyway, he eventually gets convinced to, to help him. And he does. He, Tyrone finds it. They get out. They agree. He, he has got Bernie level ring finding prowess, hasn't he? Remember that time that Bernie found Gemma's um, and Chesney's engagement ring out on the hills in actual Wales? In actual Wales. <laughs> Maybe just there's something about Wales that makes wings uh, easy to find, though. I don't know. But Tyrone just goes in and he's like, dip in, and here it is. I've heard that in Wales you can never lose anything. <laughs> it's quite it's quite a nice place to live. Um then they got covered in cement, so what do they do? Strip to their boxes and spray each other down and turn it turns into a water fight. Tyrone was a bit a bit sheepish about getting his t shirt off, wasn't he? Phil was uh, whipped his off and he had his he had his bulging pecs while his I think like his his once bulging pecs out and Tyrone's there going Oh, you think so great just because you've got pecs, well, whatever. Mm. Um It was kind of funny. So, uh I don't know where I am. You're just, you're just there. They're, they're back at number nine now. They've had their fight. They've they had their fight. Weatherfield. Tyrone's drowning in Phil's oh, clothes. Oh, it's quite funny, yeah, because he him. has to borrow his clothes and he looks like a little boy wearing yeah. his dad's outfit. And um, Tyrone takes Evelyn out of the house to give Phil time to speak to Fizz alone. And he apologises again. He says, I'm going to regret what I've done forever. It's killing me. I don't want to say goodbye to you. And Fizz says, then don't. And Phil's like, oh my God, this is brilliant. Actually... I've got something to ask you. And he gets down on one knee and he proposes and, and uh, Fizz is like, ooh. Then Tyrone and Evelyn come back from the pub. Hope comes out the door and says, Mum's getting married! That's right. Not only have she has she completely changed her mind about the whether to take him back or not, but she's also agreed to marry him. Shocker. Tyrone's like, oh, great. Congratulations. <laughs> well done. Don't think he was fooling anybody with that one. Fizz showing off her ring in the factory. This is Friday now. Show us your rings. <laughs> yes, that's probably. Oh, yeah. As they say. As they say. Um, everyone's happy. Sean's like, come here. What are you doing? <laughs> she says, look, I love him. He loves me. He apologised. I'm very happy. I've made the right choice. And she actually looks like she means it as well, doesn't She's she? She's looking at her going, there, oh. there wasn't There wasn't like a little regretful look there as no, far as I could tell. She was just totally she's like happy. She's like Toya and Alfie, isn't she? Just um, oh, blinded. Tyrone's in, in a mood at work because of this. Oh yeah, he has a bit of an argument with Alfie. But then Fizz comes around. Fizz comes around and they joke about the girls um, wanting Fizz and Phil to have a Frozen themed wedding. And then she says, um, by the way, Hope wants to change her name to Whitaker, And he's like, whatever. And... And then he just tells Evelyn at the end of it. I, I was kind of not really paying attention to that scene. But yeah, she, he, he tells Evelyn and it's clear that he's not particularly happy about um, the direction that things are moving at the moment. As you, would, you wouldn't be, would you? It's very weird to me that Fizz is so offended at at Phil bringing up her history with John and she was completely shocked that he found out or anybody knows that she was married to him but she's walking around called Fizz Stape she's got a child that's a pyromaniac called Hope Stape she wasn't living her life incognito mode was she well no and her brother who lives 
what, how many doors down? Two, three doors down is called Fiz is called Chesney Brown. Like he he maybe would have put two and two together here. Why did she not just change her name I, ages I've, ago? I, but I've wondered that for years. Why is she still Fizz Stape? Like usually in Coronation Street, not always. I mean, Rita still Rita Tanner, isn't she? Again, despite uh, why I don't really know because she bad mouths them so much. You'd have thought that you wouldn't want to be associated with with a serial killer. I mean, Eileen's not Eileen feeling anymore, is she? No. I don't know. Did Gail stay Gail Hillman? Maybe that's why she was so keen to marry um, McIntyre Joe so quickly, just because she she wanted to change her name and wanted a reason, wanted an excuse to do it. This is why I say, ladies, don't take your husband's name when you get married, because it's going to be well embarrassing when he turns out to be a serial killer. When I turn him to be a serial killer, you'll be like, I'm I'm glad I'm not... Well, don't need to... Nobody's going to recognise that one. Don't need to do the humiliating name change by Depol thing that all these other women have to do. No, you just be like, never heard of him. Dodson? No. No, don't know. No. No idea. You don't live here. Yeah. Um, did you enjoy this storyline <laughs> this week? Um, yeah. Oh, just here? Yeah. yeah. I, I did. It's kind of funny. I really like Phil. I still cannot help but Phil. see him as a cross between Chesney and nice Chesney. Chesney as he would be if he wasn't so bloody annoying. Mm. And Kirk. When I look at him, he looks like he could be Kirk's dad or older brother. Maybe he's. I would say he's brighter. He's more switched on than both of them. Of course, I didn't if say he's he, got more I brain cells say, than them put together. To I be didn't honest. say he was like them. I said he looked like them. Yeah, he's just kind of you know fairly decent sort of chap, isn't he? Really. Well, he's he's he had a pretty good job before he got himself fired. Yeah. He's rich. He lives in a massive house. Yeah. Well, it's not to like. The only thing, annoying thing is that he lives in Wales. Yeah, th- this is this is similar to the um, Imran Abbey Toya storyline where like I don't really know who I want to side with here. And although although I am absolutely desperate to, for Fizz and Tyrone to get back together, not just because I like them as a couple, but because they're one of the few couples that have been together for quite a long time in Coronation Street now, and it's it's near and nearly ten years now that they've been an item. Um, so yeah, I I I I want them to get back together again. I thought for a long time that they are going to get back together again so I was quite excited this week to see the reunion finally happen but then it didn't and uh, and now we're back to like oh so they're stretching it out for a bit longer are they like you know they, this could have been enough I thought that Fizz's reason for dumping Phil was really weak it was crap I thought that was if, absolutely if you, ridiculous if you are buying a massive house with someone if you are, you know, you've been in a relationship for six months or so. It's not even that. It's also... You share your life with them completely. You're letting yes. your kids around him. Yeah, yeah. They've grown to, I don't know, I don't know if they like him, but they certainly have spent time with him. You've told your kids this is what's happening. You're moving in with him. Yeah. And then just like by the snap of your fingers, you suddenly decide that you're not going to live there anymore. Just because he's decided to write a book about her ex-husband and this decision was only made fairly recently. Yeah. And, and I know that really it, did have the, it did have the knock-on effect of Hope thinking that she was a bad girl, but... I, she yeah, was going to think that no matter what. When she found out what John was like, she would have... Well, next time she set a fire and somebody died yeah. or something, she'd have thought that. So, yeah, I, I thought that it wasn't the best reason plot-wise like for, Phil to, for, sorry, for Fizz to dump him. But you're never not, mind. Hope, on. you're not a bad girl because you're related to John State. You're a bad girl because she set fire to things. Way. Yeah. Um, yeah, but then when she decided to get back with him again, I was like, oh, really? So Fizz just... Fizz was very weird. She was. She she she's not weird. put a whole lot of thought into of any of her writing. big life decisions this week. I have to say. I just thought it was one of these like the script writers like, come on, whatever drama, drama. 
Yeah. I wish I mean, that if... they had just had her say, I, I have to think about this. I'm sorry, but I need to step away from you for a bit to, to process this. And then, you know, that it would have made more sense then because that's it. She just seems like a flighty idiot. Yeah, what, what he did was forgivable, I think. A lot of people, I did a poll, didn't I? And I was like, should she forgive him or oh, not? Oh, yeah, you did, didn't you? You did a Twitter poll and there's like 70, 75, 77 odd percent of people said, no, she shouldn't forgive him. And... I mean, I don't know how many of those were motivated by, I don't want Fizz to be with Phil, I want her to be with Tyrone. Yeah, maybe. But like, really, you really, really wouldn't go, you're, you're an idiot, please don't do that. Especially when he was going, I'm really sorry. I know he then no. went, let's do a podcast instead. <laughs> but like, you just go, no, I don't want to do a podcast. It takes up too much of a life and it's it's a bit of a silly thing to do. Can you put it on your CV? No. Does it pay the bills? No. Therefore, I shan't do it. <laughs> yeah. And then, but then I, I think I would have accepted that as a reason had it been, you know, the final, re- the way of getting Fizz and Tyrone back together. Well, yeah, like, oh, well, just... it's a bit weak, but Fizz and Tyrone are back together again after it, you know, fair dues. But no, now now they're not. Can I just say one thing also that Tyrone really wound me up this week because he was talking in the garage to, I think it was Kevin about, about their, you know, they were both talking about the fact that they l- l- missed out on their... They're women, you know, they've broken up with their true loves. Yeah, and Tyrone's like... And the Rovers today, I think. Oh, and the Rovers, wherever. And Tyrone's like, oh, she was always my true love or something like that. It's like, what, always? When you were shagging um, Alina? When you were having a baby with Alina? All those times that you said that you didn't want to be with Fizz, she was really the one for you all along? mm no, stop talking absolutely rubbish. I know, I know, I have forgiven I'm him. I'm sorry, for I that. will never forgive him for that. He's. When's the next time that he's gonna have his head turned? When Alina comes back with the baby. Yeah, probably. Do you think that's gonna happen? We've not I do about think that so. I do really think that she's gonna come back at some point. I mean, perhaps during she... their wedding. Maybe she she's she would have had the baby by now, wouldn't she? Yeah. Because it was last. It was late last summer that she hopped on that plane. Yeah. Tap, tapping her tum tum. Go. Oh, I've had too much. Uh, sushi. Yeah. No, so yeah, they'll be like, do you, Tyrone, da da da. If Ma- there's anybody. Ma- Tyrone's not. Oh, so you, I thought you meant during Fizz and Phil's wedding. What, what, what no, do you reckon's going to happen Fizz with that? Fizz and Phil then? are going to break up, obviously. And then Phil and Fizz and um, Tyrone will get married at Christmas. And they'll be like, if anybody has anything you want to say, <laughs> better get it out of the and way now. And what will Alina say? In Alina voice, we haven't heard it for a while. Excuse me, I'm so so sorry to interrupt you, but I got a baby. It's not, it's not um, it's yours actually. <laughs> I don't want to keep it. Oh, I I I don't really want Alina to come back, but I would she kind will, of like it just she so will that she can wedding. make an appearance on the podcast again. She will at the wedding, and then um, Evelyn will be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I I I really don't need Alina back. As dramatic as it would be, I I don't want her back in the program. Sorry. Yeah, but then she can bring back her funny relatives and they'd be like it's me Alina's mother we've come to live with you with baby <laughs> having Alina's mum Alina's grandma versus Evelyn that could be hey, it's could me be Alina's grandma we've come to live I'll make you borscht <laughs> um, so do, do you reckon that Fizz and Phil are they going to get to their wedding day is Fizz going to dump Phil on the wedding day is she going to discover something about him I don't really want it to be that long but I, I thought that they'd be over by this point to be honest I was expecting maybe like well, at first I thought it'd be a Christmas reunion for Fizz and Phil. Then I thought, no, it's going to be Easter. And now I don't bloody know. It's going to happen. But then I don't, yeah, I don't want Phil to leave the programme. 
I like Phil. So it's a bit of a catch-22 situation, all in all, really. But he's still... I, I really like Phil, but he still feels like a character brought in to be yeah, Fizz's boyfriend. He's a long-term, short-term character, yeah. he feels like yeah. to me. He's, it's, yeah. a, it's, always, it's always a bit dodgy when somebody's brought in specifically to be someone else's partner. And I don't know how many times he's... a character is brought in as the other half of someone and then stays on for a prolonged period of time. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Um, yeah, um, what was I going to say? Mm. Sorry. No, it's fine. Uh, cement fight. Did you enjoy that? Had, re- you, had you heard that there was no, going to be a No, well, how would I find out? I don't know. You I don't look at things. this stuff. I didn't know I... it was Britain's Got Talent Week next week. <laughs> no, no, what was it going to be on in Cory? There's a dragon in it, apparently. Are you sure you, it was not just Sharon Osbourne back? <laughs> uh, was Dodge. she... Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, so you did you enjoy the fight, silly? It reminded me of the, the gasoline fight from... Zoolander. I can't. Well, the male models go to the um, go go. They go to the petrol station mm. and they get their nozzles out and they're like spraying spraying <laughs> petrol <laughs> at each other, going, "Ah, oh, you're so handsome!" And then the whole thing blows up when one of them lights the cigarette. I'd, I'd kind of wanted a little bit more because it wasn't really a, a fight, was it? In the cement, I was expecting it was a, a water pro- fight. Yeah, it was. I was I, when I saw cement fight because I really well, try to avoid problem. yeah I try I'm trying to avoid spoilers but sometimes I see flashes of them and then in my head the story kind of plays out about what it's going to be and I was expecting there to be a fight in the cement but really Tyrone just pushes Phil into the cement or Phil pulls him into it or something and then they scrabble around for the ring Tyrone gets out straight away and yeah then there's the I water don't fight. think you should really was, spend a long time in cement I think it burns you I was thinking that maybe like one of them might get frozen in the cement or something no that's oh, really no. bad or, uh, yeah I know but it would have been yeah, but no. Curry doesn't mind about things like that. They they would have had it like Phil, Phil and um, Fizz to go just um, let's say late at night. Phil, I can't speak. Fizz is like, Where, where's Tyrone? I only sent him to go and get the toy. Oh, better go oh, down to, Car- to Cardiff. Better go down to Cardiff to go yeah, and get yeah. him. She arrives at Cardiff and then she finds Fizz and Tyro, uh, Fizz and Phil like locked in an embrace, and it's because the cement has fused them together. And they or, can't escape. Or, or, or so they say, eh? Or, Fizz, it's not what it looks like. It's the cement. <laughs> or he turns up, Phil turns up with a big lorry and on the back of it is Tyrone frozen like Han Solo from Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Like, with his hands up, like, ah! <laughs> that That's what they should have had, but instead it was just, yeah. But, but I, yeah, I do, right, I don't think anyone was going to get, um, get uh, frozen in that cement because it... it I'm not it a cement like lumpy, expert. Cu- lumpy porridge. Well, yeah, that's what gray. that's what I'm thinking because when it reminded me of when Phelan was drowning in that cement when he went. Um, what did he go to the builders night for? It was that brilliant late at night scene, wasn't it? During the get to know Phelan the, um, party, he went to get the bodies out of the cement. No, I think he went to put. No, he went to put the body. Yeah, he no, got whatever them at, it is. Yeah, he got them at the, the reservoir, point. put them in the cement, and the then point. Phelan ended up drowning in cement, and he very handily got rescued by Tim. Um, and that was, as Conor McIntyre told us, just like lumpy grey porridge, basically, that he had to float around in. So I'm kind of imagining that this was the same sort of stuff that, uh, that, that Jamie and Alan had to slop themselves around in for that episode, I guess. But anyway, it was. I, I thought this was kind of fun. This is one of my favourite stories of the week. Just, just left a little bit frustrated that it's been extended longer than it needs to be. Do you think that Fizz and Phil will have a frozen wedding? <laughs> what, in cement? <laughs> Maybe. No. Frozen 1, not Frozen 2. Adele Dazeem will come and sing. Let it go. 
Happy baby baby next. Right, so they didn't have any of this on Monday, gutted. But Wednesday it was back in full force and Abby is still pretending to be nice and very accommodating of uh, Toya and Imran raising her child. And she's, she's brought some clothes round for Alfie. Toya's very grateful and Abby's like, anyway, oh, no, 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 you don't need to thank me. Just, just, can I maybe, can I take Alfie out for a whole day on Monday? And Toya's kind of like, no, because uh, it's Britain's Got Talent Week and I, I don't trust you. I d- yeah, I don't want you to... Yeah, if it wasn't Britain's Got Talent Week, it was just a bog-standard week where there's maybe a little bit of drama going on, but yeah, not that. So Toya's kind of... For a yeah. little bit, and then she says, yes, we could all go out for a drive to the beach one day. That'd be lovely, wasn't it? And Abby's like... No. You know, I want to, to take him on my own, maybe, possibly. She says, you can take him, but I want you to bring him back before the cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah just in case um, Imran and Toya kind of giving each other looks and then Toya again fairly quickly says I think it'll be absolutely fine and Imran kind of has to go along with her because Toya's desperate really to not pee off this. Abby doesn't she I really did not think it was her place to say yes you can when it's Imran's you know yeah it's, it's Imran's flesh and blood you but know. I think she knew that if she let it down to Imran he would probably say no and she doesn't want to she wants to keep things smoothed over with Abby while but she thinks honestly, she's got her in you know in, in their court there's really no reason for either of them to play up to to Abby they don't you know what I mean well they don't they, need to be they don't need to be nice to her they know that she's a little bit a little bit um deranged <laughs> deranged and if and if they get her if they wind her up she could do something um no pretty yeah pretty um no stupid. she wouldn't do anything like, like that abby sconding to costa rica maybe um so anyway toya tries to reassure him and this is in the cafe later that everything's fine don't worry we're just gonna have to give abby the benefit of the doubt it's gonna have to happen one day and imran kind of concedes that yeah you know she has been a bit more with it recently so maybe we will then right so here's the question did Imran has he now sort of have the writers forgotten that he thought that she was on drugs or did he never believe that she was on drugs because actually I think he genuinely did if I genuinely thought that she was on drugs as as uh you know as as most recently as like a couple of weeks ago I would still be 100% you cannot take my child anywhere you cannot have him for the day well you can only have supervised visits I think that I think the right either the writers are throwing him under a bus, or he didn't no. actually believe that that she no, was on drugs. No, I think that he thought that she was, but now he knows. I, I I don't think he thought he thinks now that she has been on drugs for all this time. I think he he believes her that she's been clean for a good few months now. I also think that she's done a very good job at fooling him and Toya into thinking that she's going along with it and she's forgiven them or you know is is letting them letting him raise Alfie. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, so I, I, I think, I, I'm not, I'm not too surprised that, that Imran has said, oh yeah, maybe she is all right after all, but I mean, I'm still screaming at the TV, no, don't Imran, you plonker, don't let her, don't let Alfie out of your sight. But anyway, don't need to think about that any longer because there's a new curveball to this story. Social service lady rings up, I do, is it? Um, and calls them into the office. No, she wants to come round to their house for a meeting. Apparently, there's an issue with Elsie. That's right, Elsie. It's not over. There's been a fostering compatibility issue, apparently. And then she's like, look, can you can you adopt this kid? So, yes. I want to know whether she's... This, is this the kid, kid a psychopath? 
No, she's not. She she her story. What have they done? What's she done? Her story is that she suffered um, mental no, and physical no, abuse. No, that's not before. what I'm saying, Michael. Don't. I'm not. I'm don't not. make out that I'm saying she's a psychopath because of that. Okay. What has she done to these poor foster parents? Yeah, nothing. No, no, nothing. What do you think it is? Do you think it's like they go around there and it's like just two really butch men going, we really don't like castles. Why'd you bring us a girl? <laughs> yeah, she always talks about his ponies. Why do you motorbike fairy stuff? tales and princesses and unicorns. Rubbish. I don't know, but um, for whatever reason it is, yeah, just take her back. Despite what I said a few weeks ago that you, you I know you might be... I can't remember when she when she took Elsie away. She that took was her before away because Toya and Imran were married, weren't right. they? Right. So but they're Toya had retconning said that we're back this. They're retconning this a little bit here because the the social worker comes and says, "I can see that you're together and you look very stable and settled, so I don't see any reason why we shouldn't home Elsie with you." Mm. But one of the problems that they had initially was that the social services said that Elsie couldn't be homed in a house with another child. Mm-hmm. And lots of people have forgotten that and they were arguing on Twitter about it. But that is what they actually said. Yeah, right right at the very beginning. At the beginning, very, very beginning, like when time. Kelly was living there. Mm. And you can say what you like. Oh, well, maybe Kelly's different from a baby. That's why Kelly had to go and live with Kelly Kelly and Maria. Because she couldn't stay in the home with Elsie. Mm. And Toya initially had to decide Elsie or Kelly. And she picked Kelly. But that's why Kelly moved out. Because she didn't want to make Toya and Imran miss out on on the baby. Mm. Right? On on, uh, on Elsie. Um, And then when they they got her back... When when, uh, they were going to adopt her... They couldn't because Toya and Imran broke up and then it was Toya by herself. And then the um, social services says you can't have her by, you can't adopt her by yourself. It's not, it's not a suitable situation. But now they're back together again. Coronation Street's making out that the only reason they couldn't have her was because she was single. But that wasn't true. Mm. It was also to do with having another baby, having another kid. And I've seen other people saying, oh, well, maybe it's different. A baby's different from a teenager. But I would argue that if you have a problem with a teenager because you want to be the only child, you're going to have a worse problem with a baby because babies take up far much more work and time and effort than a teenager does. Yeah. It's not like they can go, oh, yeah, don't worry. Alfie's playing by himself. He's a baby. He needs feeding. I hope that they go into exactly what Elsie's issues are. But yeah, right, so... The, the reason I say she's a psychopath is because I come from a background of not having kids, but having adopted many pets from homing centres. Same thing. And when you go and they're like, right, this dog can't be in a house with other dogs. You know, it's not because they don't like sharing balls. It's probably because they rip each other's throats out. <laughs> like, oh, you can't have this. You can't have a dog. You can't adopt this dog if you've got cats. Why is that? Well, because they, it'll probably kill your cat. So I'm, that's this is why I keep being very suspicious of Elsie because you just imagine yeah, her behind that sweet smile, creeping around the house at night with a knife, going, "I can only be the only child. <laughs> Me alone, just Elsie. No one to share my castle." I think you might be onto something now, honestly. Sounds and, good. And, and Toy's like, she's so sweet. I'm just really glad that we have possibly got the chance to see Elsie again because that felt like a frustratingly hurriedly tied up um, story thread, didn't it? When when Toya had to say bye-bye to Elsie a few weeks oh, ago really and then sucked. she seemed to immediately forget about her the next episode on to the next kid. It does feel a bit weird. It feels a bit weird, but okay. Elsie was lovely and just somebody with the name of Elsie, a little kid with the yeah. name of Elsie is obviously very special I just to like, Coronation Street. It's just like the social services going, oh my God, I cannot get rid of this kid. I cannot get off my books. 
I need to rehome her somewhere, I don't care where. <laughs> so anyway, Toya and Imran discuss the options and uh, it sounds like they're up for it. Imran's absolutely thrilled at a second chance to be a proper family. So they're ba- he's basically it's gone really from thinking that, you know, he's been slung out, he's, he's lost his love of his life, um, Toya, and now he's back with her, he's married, he's got his own flesh and blood son and he's going to have another kid. I mean, it's perfect family. What on earth could go wrong? It yeah, is let's very go cute. for it, Toya. A boy and a says. girl as well. I know, perfect. Bliss. <laughs> and, and, you know, one thing about soaps is they never split up or have any drama Nothing with people who think that they're in a perfect situation. So um, I think they're going to be absolutely fine it's next like, week. Wow. Britain's Got Talent Week, to be honest. Toya's like, this is my best birthday present I've ever had. <laughs> yes. Baby, toddler. I don't know, how old is Elsie? She's so cute. Elsie's like do you remember, five, Do you remember when they were four, walking down the road know. like a family of elephants? Yes. Oh, I always thought penguins. Off to the waterhole. So anyway, um, Toya sees Abby in the street at the end of the episodes and tells her about Elsie coming to live with her and um, looks like Elsie's going to be getting a sibling and everything. And Abby is acting all happy for her. But it's clear from how she speaks to Kevin later that she is insanely jealous. Yeah. And peed off that she everything's goes... coming up trumps for yeah. the batter's beebs. Yeah. Whereas she's just living in a grotty bed set on her with own. With no baby. She's like, congratulations, Toya. Bye. Mm. Oh, a bitch. <laughs> um, then this leads into today's episode where this is I guess the main story of today's wasn't it so Abby's having this argument with Tyrone at work that we were talking about earlier when they're both being a bit at each other's throats and Kevin says look don't get mad just because Imran and Toya are having a bit of luck on the whole kiddie front at the moment don't take it out on Tyrone please and she tries to make out that she's cool with this situation but yeah obviously she is this is really getting her goat really grinding her gears so um really grinding my goat yes exactly um in the pub later uh, tyrone and kevin are there looking like sad middle-aged men according to uh jenny i really loved when tyrone was like i'm not middle-aged because i was like yeah tyrone we're the same age literally had a midlife crisis last year when you're shacked up with a local romanian nail bar worker (laughs) but he's the same age as us right he's the same age. age yeah and he, we're not middle-aged, Michael. We're not middle-aged, no. <laughs> we're still in the we're in the throes young. of our youth, aren't oh, we? Oh, first blush of you. Yeah, exactly. Um, Tyrone <laughs> tells Kevin, look, I've missed my chance with Fizz, because by this point... the Kev says I've missed my chance with Abby. Yeah, yeah, I've missed my chance with Fizz, Tyrone says, but you could still get back with Abby. It's not too late for the two of you. Um, meanwhile, Abby's in Villain's Alley getting her passports. Yep. It took a long time to get that passport, didn't it? A week and a well, half. Well, I mean, they are fake and it's it's still faster than... Well, I could make a fast a, a fake passport pretty quickly. It may be not as genuine looking as uh, as Abby's one, so I could, I could knock something off on Photoshop, I reckon. I don't think they accept Photoshopped knockoff passports. I'm a charming guy. I'd just give them a nice Michael smile at them and they'd let me through, surely. They'd stop me. They'd yeah. definitely. So we got to see we got to see Abby and Alfie's aliases, didn't we? So yeah. Al- Abby is Lindsay Jane Hughes and uh, uh, Alfie is Ethan Hughes. So um, I wonder if she picked it. I don't think you do in these situations. I did feel. What's his feeling? He was Alan uh, Frost. Alan Frost. He was, wasn't he? Good one. Um, yeah, I, I wonder. Is, is that what she always? You know, is that a... She was going to be a Lindsay. Yeah, if I if I had a daughter, I oh, know I did have a daughter. If I ever had a second daughter, I'd call her Lindsay. What would you? What would yours be? Um, I don't know. What's a cool name? Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Jake the <McCool>. cool. <laughs> Jake Weatherfield. <laughs> Jake Weatherfield. 
Weatherfield. That's my that's my fake passport name. If anyone wants to, I'll be I'll be Philomena Weatherfield. <laughs> so you are going to have my surname in the. It's this, fake. Um... Okay, yeah. Oh, hello, no, we, no, no. Excuse me. It's going to be an Elsie and um, Elsie Tanner and Man Tanner. Oh yeah, Steve Tanner. Steve situation. Tanner situation. Okay. Where you say happen to... to be Weatherfields. Yeah, it's a very common name. <laughs> we met at a family better, reunion. <laughs> don't worry, we've been DNA tested. We're not having kids anyway, so it make a difference. <laughs> Um, anyway, so she's she's getting this passport. She's going to go to Costa Rica, apparently. Why That's not? That's where Lisa lived. Oh, yeah, Remember? Lisa, Lisa lived in Costa Rica. Yeah, it's lovely, apparently. What's his name? Um, Tom. Tom, yes, tall Tom. But anyway, oh no, it turns out she needs a visa to go to Costa Rica. You thought she and might he's have like, thought I can about do that before. But she's, she has to wait a little bit longer So this that, will be, so. what, next week, this will be the thing yeah. that delays her from leaving. Exactly, she's going to be waiting around for this visa and in that delay, somebody is going to... Find out. Yeah, some, well, Imran well, and I or mean, Toya will find out from Kevin and or Debbie. Why did he tell Debbie? I, I don't know. Let me just keep going. Keep going. it on going with what happened. Okay, so um, Kevin's kind of thinking, oh yeah, maybe Tyrone was right. Maybe I could get back with Abby. What do you think, Jack? And Jack's like, I oh, think it's a brilliant I idea, a Dad. Idea. Yeah, definitely. I reckon you should go and get her back. Yeah, Kevin says, um, well, look, he goes over to Abby and yeah. says, you know, you you come back with live with me and Jack. Money's getting tight for you in this bed set here. And Abby's like, oh, yes, that sounds like quite a good idea to me, actually. Um, uh, no, no. But, no, she doesn't. Sorry, no. He tells he, her. Yeah, sorry, that's right. Jack that's up for the idea, not her. She, he's, Although she does come around to it pretty quickly. He says, I bet, I bet I've never stopped loving you or the way you wash my pants or hoover the floor. And she's like, oh, I reckon you should have. And he says, oh, come back home. And then they snog. Yep. He's so, like, I'm gonna get you some fancy washing powder. Yeah, I'm gonna get you some. I got them, you a tin of Mister Sheen. I got you some of them fragrance pearls. What you put in your kecks? <laughs> they smell dead good, but I don't know how they work. Who could turn down an offer like that? I don't know. So, but break time happens, and after the break, she's like, Hang on a minute, I don't want to be spending all this no, time washing got... your pants. Actually, pushes him away and says, This was a mistake. And he says, No, no, if we love each other, we can make it work. But she's like, No, because Ab- Abby does the classic Abby thing of, of something's going well for her, so she's like, No, well, she, oh, she, she, she um... so she shuts down. She, but she, yeah. She she's like no, it's not going to work. Leave, leave me alone because she yeah. She's... It's not it's not that. It's because she's got a plan. She yeah. She she's got she has got her. This plan. isn't self sabotage in exactly the same way. Not as exactly she the same way, but I think you know if I was her life coach, I might say forget about the whole kidnapping thing. Yeah, and go I would back as well. I'd be like, now yeah. I know you said we couldn't discuss this, Abby, and I don't want to uh, distress you or make you turn to hard drugs again. But could we broach the subject once more of you kidnapping your child <laughs> and taking him to a completely different continent? And it's not even the best one over there, is it? It's South America. If you're gonna take him somewhere, take him north. Yeah. Go to Canada. Go to Disney World. Go go under the protection of the Queen. Yeah, yeah. Why don't they anyway. got mounties? Just, just bring your, bring your bunting. They'll let, let her in. So I'm sure that they're not. She, she says. She Canada. tells Kevin that she's leaving tomorrow. She's taking Alfie. So she comes clean again. Not the best idea. So he says, "Look, I'm on your side, Alec. I'm on your side. But this sounds like you are making a terrible mistake. I can't believe you'd be so stupid. Yeah. Thank you, Kevin. How is Kevin the bright one here? No way is he going to let her do this. Meanwhile, Debbie is at number thirteen with Jack. And he, he knows that she's not 
you know, Abby's biggest fan at the moment and tries to hide that Kevin's gone to see her. But then she gets the ultimate weapon. Yep, she yep. threatens to tickle it out of him. Yep. And he's like, I'm too old. He's had some too old for this, Debbie. I'm like nearly like, 38 by now. He's like, don't do that. Me to death. Don't do that. My pipe work's not so good these days. I'm getting on. I might be my kecks. And then who's going to wash I've them? I've lost track of how old he is actually supposed to be now. I think he's maybe only about 12 or 13. I want to see Debbie threaten people in the bistro who complain about how well their steak's cooked. Mm. Are you sure? I'm going to tickle you. <laughs> oh, you want to tickle? Debbie. I love Debbie so much. She's she's surprisingly calm about it, though. But no. But, but you're no. right. She, she acts calm for Jack, doesn't she? But then she goes over to the sink and um, has, a, has a good old snarl. <laughs> so Abby tries to explain herself to Kevin about, you know, this whole kidnapping thing. And she says, it's the only way I can ever be a proper mum to Alfie. And she, Kevin says, that if you're caught, though, you'll never get to have him again. Just think about that. Now, oh, I can't remember so where exactly... This came up, but she it was quite um, poignant what she was saying about you know I hold him he cries yeah, yeah, that was the scene because he doesn't know who I am and I, I can't stand it because he wants Toya he doesn't want me mm. I know it was back to let's all feel sorry for Abby and I do which is why this storyline is excruciating at times but also very engaging to me because I can't I feel I feel sympathy for all sides here um Kevin mean it meanwhile is at well no later on is back at home he says to Debbie well that plan didn't work so much Abby's not coming home in fact she's planning on doing a runner <laughs> nice one Kevin just give away I that know, secret stupid dumb idiot and I'm not gonna let her do it Debbie says look I can understand why Abby would do this um but so you know just do whatever you think just just do whatever you think is right if you want her to stay, don't make it just be because you want to keep her in Weatherfield yourself. So don't don't be selfish about it. If you're going to stop her, make it because you think it is morally the right thing to do. Well, if I was if I was Debbie, I'd be like, that woman's crazy. Let her go. She is kind of saying she's that mental. As well. What are you doing with her? She's stupid. She's. Ugh. I know. I know. Ta- let her take her drug baby to South Costa Rica. Mm. That's why she wants to go there. What smuggle drugs in the yeah. snappy? That's where the drug capital of the world, isn't it? I don't know that. (laughs) Our poor Costa Rican listeners, Jeremy, you've lost them. But wasn't that... Maybe I'm wrong. In Tiger King, wasn't that where that that husband of... Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin's husband, John. I think it was. He was driving to Costa Rica in his private plane, smuggling drugs, wasn't he? (laughs) Yeah, Abby makes out that she just spun a globe and put her finger down and said, there it is. She's been watching Tiger King. No, I don't want to go there. Try Let's have another spin. France, no, don't speak the lingo. Costa Rica, that's the one for me. No, she's watching watching Tiger King. She's like, I I should definitely, I could feed Toya and Imranted Tigers. That would actually work. And apparently, oh, if you go and run away to Costa Rica, you never get found. <laughs> She's going to shack up with Carol Baskin's husband and they can raise Elfie there together. Oh, that would be sweet, wouldn't she it? She likes an older man, does Abby. Carol Baskin's did nothing wrong. <laughs> um, so, uh, where are we up to? Oh, yeah, Kevin. He has a go at Imran in the street, which I thought was kind of funny. Oh, Kevin, I love this. Kevin craning his neck to look up at Imran. Imran! <laughs> She's like, hey, we both know that you stitched Abby up in court and you lied and now you're going around street parading around with Alfie looking all smug and uh, swaggering. Excuse me, it's not parade this week, it's next week during the Jubilee. <laughs> um, and Kevin says, look, you need to confess what you've done. And he's kind of looks like he's trying to warn him that if he carries on the way he's going, he's going to have Alfie kidnapped from him. But, but he, he doesn't didn't do a very it. good job of it, did he? And then no. Imran's like, oh yeah, you threatening me. I love that. When he came up to him, he was like, go on then. Mm. Warm me. So Imran then goes to find Abby and says, "You need to tell Kevin to back off." 
Um, and also, he is. Oh no! He says no. that you're mad that no. we've got Alfie. No, he goes up to Imran goes to Abby and she's like, I can't talk, stop. I'm busy. And he says, Kevin's told me everything. Oh yeah. And she says, yeah. What do you mean? What? He says, she, He's told me what you're up to. And she goes, What do you mean? And he says, oh, yeah, You're mad. Scenes, you're mad you about Alfie and Elsie. And she's like. Yeah. Oh yeah, got me. Yeah, no, I'm not no. going to Costa Rica. What? Sorry, what? <laughs> Carol Baskin? No, I don't Abby's know. Abby's like everything's cool, and then she leaves, and then Imran gives a suspicious look. Mm. And the director looks suspicious. Charlie narrows the eyes. Mm. Also, he's like, don't think he trusts her. He's because she's come off the tram. She got shopping bags. Mm. Jubilee next week. Is there any bunting in them bags? No. What's she got? She couldn't find any. She was like us. What's she got? A bunch of travel-sized toiletries. Jenny Bradley. Yeah. And clear packaging. Mm -hmm. Mm. So, end of the episode, towards the end of the episode, Kevin goes to visit Abby again and she says, I'm not changing my mind. I'm going. I'm taking Alfie to Costa Rica. Deal with it. And he says, I know. I've come to give you some getaway cash. So he gives her a watch full of money and says, this is the advance on your wages plus a little bit extra from me. Off you go. Good luck. I was going to tell him around the truth, but I couldn't bring myself to do it because I love you too much, Abby. And Abby says, oh, I'll never forget you, Kevin. And she says, "Um, I I know it's... uh, Does she she say this or does he? Somebody says, I know it's not worth much, but I love you too. Well, they must have said, I love you, if the other person says, I love you too. Exactly. So they both love each other. Kevin loves her so much that he's allowing her to disappear to the other side of the planet how well do you and, think and, and you know really risk getting caught how well do you think a child a, a little white uh, northern lad called ethan hughes will do in costa rica i'm sure they're, do you think they're, he'll be a duck and a diver do you think he'll like grow up she's to... gonna train him to be a little uh, she's gonna be a fake he's gonna be her fagin no she's gonna be his fagin she's gonna be the artful... do you think that's what they he's have he's gonna there? be the artful dodger his outfit how in demand are mechanics in Costa Rica. Oh yeah, good Tell you where she should go, Cuba, because they've got lots of old cars there and she yeah. could fix them. Oh, there you go. Is that nearby? Are they near each other? Well, Costa Cuba's I'd like yes. off the coast of America, like near Florida? Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um, I'm sure that this plan's going to work and there won't be any hitches at all. She'll be like, bye everybody. Mm. Oops, I shouldn't have said goodbye. No, just ignore that. I'm not going anywhere. I'll tell you what is going to happen, Michael. She's going to get to Manchester Airport and she's going to be queuing up in the car park. She's going to be there for a day trying to get away and then everyone will know she's gone. Mm. Did you know about this? No. Manchester Airport scandal. Is it all going down at Manchester Airport this week? Nothing's going down at Manchester Airport. They're all standing in a queue. Ah. Nothing's going up then. True. Nothing's going up in the air. Um, what do you think of Kevin's behaviour tonight? You know, the, the telling Debbie, the saying that I'm going to dob you in Abby, Kevin. but they're not. Yeah, Kevin. Like, he's been a right he's, dense he, idiot. He's, 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 the older, he's the older person here. He should be more responsible. That also, he's literally helping a crime to happen. Also, didn't his crime. own child get kidnapped by Jenny Bradley? Yes. You think he'd that's, be a bit... That's sad. actually a very good point. <laughs> First he forgets that he's had a kid that's died. Now he forgets he's got a kid that's been dangled off a balcony. In he Hull. comes round and he's like, Abby, Abby, here's some money. Buy yourself a black wig. <laughs> if you want to do- if you want to kidnap a kid, that's what you need. Yeah, oh, I don't imagine. I want to see Sally Carmen wearing Jenny's wig. Yeah. Th- there needs to be some kind of amazing disguise for her next week. It, I'll tell you what would have been a brilliant Easter egg would have been the um, 
because we only got to see her passport very, very briefly. But if the passport had been her wearing Jenny Bradley's wig that in the... That would have been an awesome Easter egg. It's, I bet it's still there, but it's still in the prop store. I bet it is. Why would they throw that away? Oh, well, maybe it's become sentient, you know, developed a little... Maybe it's crawled off. Yeah, maybe. I'm going to EastEnders where they appreciate me. Stop making fun of me. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it was, you know, pretty silly of him to, to go with it. Oh, he's a dense moron. What, what's no, the no, likelihood no, no. of her being getting away? You know, you know. How far is she going to get before it's obvious what she's up to? Mm. And also, why did he tell Debbie? What an idiot. Debbie hates... Debbie yeah. hates her. I think that I think it's more likely that Debbie's going to be Abby's undoing next week. I think Kevin is just blinded by idiocy. <laughs> Um, and I know how He's going to stay quiet. He's probably going to give a few guilty-looking looks, maybe, when uh, when he overhears Toya and Inman saying, "Oh, I hope that Alfie's having a lovely time at the beach with, his, with Abby today." Yeah. Oh, they must be. Oh, look at the time. They must be coming due to come back any minute now. But yeah, I think in the end, it's probably going to be Debbie that's the one that 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 blabs and dobs her in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we can't really talk too much about other theories about next week, can we? Because we maybe know a little bit. Again, trying to avoid spoilers, but it is Britain's Got Talent Week and they do like to publicise what sort of thing is going to happen on Britain's Got Talent Week. So I'm kind of going into next week with not a really thorough knowledge of what's going on. And I certainly don't know what's going on, which other storylines other than no, this one know. are going to be in the spotlight. No idea. About I really hope that. they have a Jubilee As far as party. I know, the whole of the week could be this story. And I would absolutely love that. And, th- and they have got form for doing that, didn't they? Like when they had the Seven Nina um, beating up story last year, I think they almost went two weeks where that, that was the only story that was on the screen. That was brilliant. And I would absolutely love it if that's what we've got next week. But um, I've seen... Two pictures, maybe from next week's episodes, and um, it's enough to give me quite a good idea about what sort of thing might be happening. So I don't really want to pretend I'm speculating any further, but I am very much looking forward to watching next week. I think it's going to be quite an exciting one, but I don't want to say any more. I have a very fleshed out and elaborate. Uh, idea in my head of what is going to happen Yeah. and if it happens the way I think it's going to happen I'm going to be so mad I might throw the microphone out the window and refuse to do any more podcasts I, I think that your theory might be right but we can't say what the theory is the thing is there's probably if you if you are not adverse to spoilers you can probably read quite a lot of detail about what's going to be happening yeah. this week so I, we, we were kind of mulling over the idea of doing another extra bit at the end of today's podcast where we say well this is what I think is going to happen but yeah. we'd end up just looking stupid because if the what information is out there we don't care about looking stupid no and no I I, I don't I, what's yeah. the point of worrying about that mm. okay well no I, I, don't I mean know. if Maybe I was worried about we'll see after we've done the stupid, feedback I would want, never speak again we want to do it but um yeah, next week Coronation Street should be quite a lot of fun, I think. But it's only half an hour of a day. Yes, it's great, Gemma. Yeah. Daily Corrie, amazing can't, That stuff. means we can't go out for dinner anywhere. We can't go out. We can go for lunch next week. We can go for lunch. We're going to Ikea for lunch tomorrow, Gemma. What more do you want? Chips and meatballs? What, three meatballs. pounds? No, I think it's more than... I think it's like That is the height pounds. of romance. Thank you very much. You're not even going to get me a hot dog? You can have a hot dog on the way out if you Shall want. Shall I tell you what food. happened to Summer? Yes, please. Believe me in Rhapsody. Tell everybody what happened the last time I had a hot dog from Ikea. <laughs> Fell out. <laughs> we were queuing up to pay. We were queuing up to pay at the, uh, the car park, weren't we? And um, 
Did well, it just like a bit of bread fall off the end of it first? And first then... of all, something fell on the floor off of it, and the man in front of us went, "Oh dear," and I went, "Oh, never mind." And then the hot dog just rolled out of the bun on the floor, and he looked at me, and I looked at him, and he went, "Oh dear." <laughs> yeah, I was you like, were, you having a good "Leave day me alone." Day, will you yeah, stop? Spe- will you stop? speculate what was it called spectating my misery <laughs> and narrating it to me thank you very much that's why you should have an ice cream with a tub like me nothing could go wrong go on right anyway um i'm just summer. thinking about that hot dog that's one hot dog i'll never eat now right what's summer been up to i'll always be one hot dog Is down going Michael? to oxford Gemma? that's what i want to know monday Todd discovered that Summer's got a load of insulin left over, even though Billy told her a prescription needed picking up. So he phones Billy, and then Billy asks Summer why she's been missing a medication, and she's she gets all huffy about it and huffs yeah, off. Yeah, those scenes on Monday weren't particularly useful. There was like two scenes out of the whole episode, and all it was was a bit of a rehash of Billy being a very very overprotective parent to Summer, and her being you know, not not being fed up of it. Wednesday, Paul's trying to defend Billy to Summer, saying he's terrified of failing her. And Summer says that maybe I am overacting because of this English exam. Yeah, she had A-levels this week, didn't she? So she does A, she's got A-levels in English, maths and French. Yeah. What's she I trying to pe- do? I think people do four A-levels these days, don't they? I don't really understand. Oh, no, but there's, there's AS levels. There's Is AS levels. Do you not do more of those and then you finish with... Yeah, oh... I don't know, but yeah, English. Why maths do they and change French. it? I, I am very proud of Summer for doing French. I've probably said this on the podcast before, but as a as a fellow languages A leveler and university graduate, we should have more people um, taking up a foreign tongue, despite the fact they all speak English over there. I can speak French. I, I was, uh... Parlez-vous anglais? Yeah, exactly. There we go. Continue. I'm proud of her for doing maths and smashing that stereotype of women can't do maths. But then what does she do? Faints in the middle of the, of the exam. Yeah, she opens it up and finds there's She's a... like, what are these numbers? Oh. Uh, yeah, there's there's letters as well. God, an, an God help me. Right. Um, that's when I lost maths, when they started putting letters in it. <laughs> Paul is... Uh, where are we? Um, Amy shows Summer a picture of a nice dress that she's going to get for a party or some boring rubbish. Exams are over. Summer's feeling pretty confident. And then Amy says, oh, for that for that question, I wrote this. And Summer's like, oh, my God. And then Arlie finds her later. She's going, I gave a banal answer. Amy's answer was far better than mine. I've ruined everything. I just answered the question. I didn't answer the spirit of the question. If I was Arlie, I'd run away. She's like, I could get a B and then I'll never go to Oxford. It is B for banal. Yeah. A is what you get if you write an awesome answer and B is if it's banal. She goes home and she squirts her insulin down the sink and Paul misses it. Um, he offers to buy her a takeaway, but the, she she eats it. But then her, her diabetes starts going um, out of control. It goes up to 11. <laughs> then it... Yeah, she got a little diabetes monitor. It goes up to 11. It's fine. It goes more than that. It. it goes up to 22. That's twice as bad. <laughs> it is, yeah. Um, she's She's got diabetes cam. It's going blurry. She can't see. Also, I really like this. There's like flashbacks of her like going backwards and she keeps seeing the same thing happen again and again. Yeah, um, it's one of those scenes that you kind of need to rewatch, although we didn't rewatch it. I, I don't need to. You didn't like this. You don't find this interesting. There's quite no. a lot of stuff on the show that you don't find interesting because you can't relate to it. Um, I, I, I do. 
so she gets her insulin, she injects herself in the stomach, and she's crying and looking at the ceiling. That was, like, that was a good shot. Why Why am I burdened with this? It's not fair. I can't get away. You know, I just want to be normal. Mm. Um, on Friday, she's got an insulin down the sink again. Paul comes in. He doesn't see it again. And they start talking about the fact she's got her French exams, but then she goes to a maths exam. And uh, she opens her paper and she can't see very well because her blood sugar's too high. So she puts her hand up and she tells the invigilator. And he's like, oh, let's go outside. Then she goes to her bag, but she can't find the kit. So she ends up being taken to hospital. So Paul and Billy... This is her insulin kit, isn't it? Oh, sorry, yeah. Yeah. Paul and Billy go... (laughs) I haven't got my PE kit. It's like, it's all right. No, I need to change my swimming costume. Um... Paul and Billy arrive at the hospital and Billy's like feeling like she's done this to herself and she's like oh my god how am I going to do my exams I need to smash that A level I can't go to Oxford anymore now what am I going to do and Billy's not really helping because he's like don't worry about it you can just work in a factory like everybody else (laughs) he doesn't say anything like I'm sure that there's some kind of provision in place for children who nearly die during an exam yeah I mean, we let, we do later find out that she has got the opportunity to retake the the test, doesn't she? Well, it makes sense but, to me that you would. Yeah, it, I, I, it would be a pretty rum system if if you somebody one, had one chance a year and that's it. Yeah, if you had a medical emergency, yeah. they're like, "Well, sorry, you should be you shouldn't be sick, should you? Yeah, you tried not being sick." I mean, I know that A levels are not exactly the same thing as Year Six SATs, which I've just uh, been re- which has been giving a few weeks ago. But yeah, if somebody's got a can't do one or has to leave part way through or whatever then as long as they get separated from everybody else who's done one and you can kind of guarantee that they've not had any contact with people who've taken the test then um yeah you can just do it later date i do remember within um, five days or something it was for the sats i think i do remember children at school talking about you couldn't talk to somebody because they had to take Mm. an exam and also, if I was Billy, I'd also say to her, it, at the worst case scenario, you don't get your, your A-levels this year. You take a gap year and you build your CV to make it look even better for Oxford. Yeah, build your storyline bank. Also, you got you, you can get in on the sympathy vote. This yeah. is like Britain's Got Talent. You just cry <laughs> your way to the top. Well, she's already lost her dad. Exactly. So anyway... um. Ardy visits later, and then this is when she finds out she can probably have another go at the exam. And Ardy's like, yeah, don't, just don't stress out. And then he leaves, and then who should rock up later but Aaron? He's like, I'm sorry, I couldn't stay away from you. I couldn't handle you talking about your eating disorder. Because I had one too. Oh, just as I predicted. Wow. I did Who say. Could have seen this coming. Didn't I say that um, men are more likely to suffer from a diabetic eating did, disorder did, than yeah. women? So he tells her about how he went into a diabetic coma for a week once because he purposefully missed his ex- injection. Yeah, he said that he was putting on weight, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and he's like, "Have you? Did you do this to yourself?" And she's like, "No." And then she's, he says, "Well, I used to, and I went in a coma. Are you sure you didn't?" She's like, "Yeah." I did. <laughs> um, so the two of them, he says, should start over as long as she never pulls a stunt like that again. Yeah, so we leave the episode with Summer and Aaron, now friends again. And poor old Ardy is going to be kicked to the curb next time he comes back. Maybe and they can so go to Oxford together. Who, oh, Aaron and Summer? Yeah. I don't think he's Oxford material. Oh, I don't think she is. Mm. <gasps> um, um, I, yeah, also... how, I, I do wonder and we've seen people saying, saying this online this week how on earth is she going to cope with moving away from Weatherfield she can't uh, yeah, she can't look after herself clearly 
Don't be she'd, mean. She'd be a danger to herself if she went to Oxford. I, I'm really surprised that Aaron's managed to overcome his eating disorder because they're probably one of the most difficult things to deal with. Mm. Very incredibly to difficult to to get yourself out of that situation. So good for him. Mm. Um, yeah, I feel so, Summer can't handle stress, and I, I'm really interested to know why why exactly it is about Oxford that she thinks she has to go there. It's because she's, you know, th- throughout her time as a teenager, she has been the smart one. And I guess, I, know. It, I guess she, she does want to go there, but I think she feels that if she doesn't, she's uh, she's going to let people down. Or yeah, she's, exactly. That's what I mean. Um, this is what she needs to address. She needs to address her, her like motivation behind wanting to go to Oxford because it isn't about going to Oxford. It's about, it's about proving that she's the smart one. And it's about her coming to terms with the fact that actually she, honestly, can I just say something? I genuinely think that the worst thing that could happen to her is she goes to Oxford because the same sort of thing happened to me where I went from being in school, being the smartest one in the class to going to university where I was just one of very many other smart people and I just went and I was like, what the hell? Why, why is everyone else smart as well? I can't cope with this. Mm. My ego couldn't take it. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. I, was, I, and that, did, I know that makes me look really bad, but, you know, you kind of got to be realistic with yourself about what your weaknesses are. And that was one of mine. I really found it quite weird to cope with, to go from being a big fish in a little pond, mm. you know. And I think Summer would have the same problem. Yeah, she's, sometimes... not like, she's not going to be the shining star of Oxford, is she, for no, God's sake? No, no. She's not going to be the Dean's favourite pupil of Oxford. Mm, yeah, so maybe she would be better off somewhere else. I remember like, when I was picking universities and people were expecting me to look into Oxford or apply to Oxford or whatever because I was also the, the nerdy boffin of the <laughs> year. I mean, I was, at, I was at a grammar school, so there were exactly. more nerdy boffins there. They weren't all. But um, I, I, I was fed up of, being, of having that reputation and I kind of rebelled against the... Uh, so people you say to... you're going to Oxford I'm like nope I'm not going to Oxford so you went to a really crappy university I, to, I, I lowered myself to come down here to Southampton but yeah everybody was always surprised that I never even considered Oxford and I got my three A's at A level but I don't think I'd have done very well in the Oxford interview no <laughs> because you, they ask you some like really tricky questions don't they they ask you though the questions about you know it's the how many how many what is there more of the wheels or the doors or you know that sort of thing I'd be like I don't really know that's a really interesting thing to say because where I came from, the school I was at we had the highest teen pregnancy rate for schools in the entire Show off. continent of Europe. So nobody was worried about, nobody was trying to big us up. I never even thought of going to Oxford or Cambridge. But in hindsight, I probably, if I had taken the correct subjects, could have potentially... You could, have, I, you could have BS'd your way through an Oxford interview. I reckon I could have gone to Oxford or Cambridge. Mm. Because, I know, I know this sounds really egotistical. I know. I could have I'm done I could have done, but I didn't want to. You're saying... No, I'm... I never even I never even thought I could go there. Like, Oxford and Cambridge, to me, are like the pursuit of upper-class toffs. Mm. And I, being no, no kind of... No offence to any Oxford, Cambridge graduates No, I would love listening. to have gone there. I would have thought it would be really great, but nobody ever gave me a chance. Mm. So I am a bit annoyed about that, actually. But well, nobody you, ever gave me a chance. You'd have never met me if she'd went to Oxford, unless I'd also been. And I wouldn't have been able to get in with the A-levels I, I did, because I did biology for a joke. <laughs> yeah. You it's going to show it. you how stupid I am. <laughs> you got, you got AAC for your A-levels. So. I got a C, even though I didn't know what I was talking about. Yeah. 
Um, there you go, that's our personal experience. Yeah, sorry, yeah, that, that's nothing to do with Coronation Street at all. But can I but just our also story add, of how we could have got into Oxford, maybe, but we I would want, not have so. applied for Oxford. I want to go to Cambridge. Cambridge is better than Oxford. Well, we've been to both places just in recent years, haven't we? Cambridge is better lovely. than Oxford. Um, are we not talking about summer because we're finding the storyline until Delhi? Why does she want to go to Oxford, though? Because Oxford's the stuffy old one and Cambridge is the cool new one where all the comedians go. Oxford is nearer. What, to her? Yeah. Is it really, though? Because Cambridge is just, like, on the little... Yeah, no, I think it is. I, um, I'm just finding it really difficult to sympathise with Summer. There's just something that's... She's just so sullen and a little bit annoying. And I and I, I get that watching those scenes. And, and then that scene with the... Um, you know the flashbacks and the the diabetes woozy cam and everything it was it was well done but it still wasn't making me think oh no poor summer i just it, it kind of left me a little bit cold and i was more interested in the camera work than the character yeah that was that was distracting me from it and yeah i, like I maybe that. felt a little bit sad for her when she was crying but i think i find this easier to relate to because of my personal circumstances than you do hmm. because the feeling of knowing that you're not healthy and you will never be healthy and it's you can't it's out of your control and you can't stop your body from doing something that's not helpful for you is scary and horrible and when you're confronted with it every day like summer is and you can't literally it must be so oppressively horrible to go from i'm completely fine and never even think about mm. my body or what's what could be wrong with it to I am now saddled with this yeah I mean I, I, I'm not saying like if I had diabetes I'd be like there's no problem I could cope with it I, I think I'd be really bad I think that I would be obsessed and nervous that I was going to collapse because I get yeah. mega hypochondriac I'm a total hypochondriac <laughs> aren't I and I would be so yeah I, I'd be awful with it and I also hate needles I think it would be very bad if I had diabetes but despite all of that I just don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's the writing or the performances or what. But I'm just like. Meh. I just want to add in my point of what I was saying is, even though I feel like I can relate to this scenario, I still also do feel a slightly removed from it for some reason, and I don't know why that mm. is. I just I'm not Summer's biggest fan. It's not gripping you the way that I think Curry wants it to. But I think other, I've seen some people online. I'm not every, into not it, everything's but... for us. No, not everything, no. you know. So if you're if you're in that situation or you're a teenager, this probably feels a bit a bit different. I I would assume. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I so think if you're so. in that demographic, I would love to so know what you think. Harriet have certainly got their fans. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. It's just um not for me. I I also quite often wonder how would this. How would I feel about this if if Matilda was still playing Summer? <laughs> because I, I I used to love her, her portrayal. Yeah, no, you did. Um, anyway, let's oh god, now onto the Nikki storyline. So uh, Daniel tells Ken on Monday that he's not cut out for teaching. He's gonna see it out for the rest of the week and then quit. We oh, didn't then. actually get to see this because Just quit, I then. I assume that like with me today was the last day of this half term, so now he's not a teacher anymore. But we didn't even get to see him, you know, hand hand in his what do teachers have? Pointy sticks and Hands mortar boards. No, he goes around in the back and he collects his box with a plant in it. So, which I was a little bit surprised of. I was, I was thinking that maybe he would change his mind at the last minute and not quit. 
but he didn't because he had Nicky around to distract him by the end of the week. But anyway, he goes and has a bit of a wallow in the pub later. Daisy wants to know what's up and he says, look, come and, come and join me for a drink and I will talk to you. So they go into the back room in the end in the Rovers and he says, oh, I'm so, so regretful of how I screwed things up with you. You're the only one that I need in my life. And she says, well, too late for that, mister. And uh, she makes a hasty exit back to work. Back at home, meanwhile, you got Nikki being a massive ass about Daisy. She, he's, she's like saying to Dan, have you been with her this afternoon? Nikki is so unlikable, isn't she? Like, she's gone by the end of, is it Monday or Wednesday's episode? I can't remember. I think it was the end of Monday's episode she'd gone. And I'm, I, I am kind back. of hoping that we've seen the back of her. I don't know whether we have, but there's just, she's just so, 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 so um, sultry. She's so dramatic and sultry. Well, she's just grump. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what sultry means? What does it mean? It means like come hither. And oh, no, she's not really like that, is she? It's Sullen. like it's like being moody, but in a sexy way. Well, maybe. No, it's, that doesn't mean that. Uh, anyway, I'm going to look this up for go you. Go on, you look up sultry for me. You're going to teach me words. Um, so <laughs> the, um, um, it means to be hot and humid. What? No, it means uh, that's of the air or weather. You can say it's very sultry outside. Apparently. Um, Especially of a woman or her behaviour displaying or suggesting a strongly sexual nature. Oh, okay, it's not like that. No, it isn't that. She's kind of sexual. She has been a lady. You don't mean it in that way, though, do you? It's not like I don't like. I don't like Nikki. She's got a face like a slapped ass. Is what I mean. She's so sultry. Her face looks like a slapped (laughs) ass. Yes. So um, she she, um, then goes round to the Rovers, does Nikki, for having to have a (laughs) bit of a bitch to Daisy, Um, and she and she because she kind of realizes that there's maybe something going on between them, or there could be, or they've got lingering feelings for each other, Daisy and and Daniel. So she says, look, he's at her home alone. If you want him, so um, she goes round to the flat later. Daisy does under the pretense of maybe leaving a top there the other week or something. I can't remember. Nikki's in the bath and Daisy says to Daniel, look, I can't get you to ask Nikki to leave. Um, so they, we need to wait. I want to wait until she goes of her own volition. And she says, I'm not going to be made a fool of by you or by her. Um, and then he checks if she still misses him like crazy, she says, and leaves. But Nikki immediately comes out of the bathroom. I was expecting there to be some kind of, um, you know, follow up to that scene where they have an argument or something but there wasn't that was literally it she came out of the bathroom yeah what she come out of the bathroom for the she's like don't go in Jacob there it's a bit sultry <laughs> and on Wednesday Nikki says oh this is handy I'm going to Spain I'm going to Costa now. Rica I'm just going to make a visa. A, just doing a classic curry flit abroad and he's like what, why, why do you have to go so quickly is this related to the other night and she says no 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 but she's, she's like, hiding no. it hiding her sadness extreme, exceedingly badly oh, so in the pub later Daisy is thrilled to hear that Nikki's going and she gets right round there for some sexy snacks with Daniel and he chases her off to the bedroom and slaps her on the bum as she goes and then her bum looks like Nikki's face, I guess. <laughs> so sultry. Yes. I really don't like Nikki. I don't want her to come back. I find her really off-putting. Yeah. Now, like... I mean, I suppose this is, is comparable to Fizz and Tyrone's storyline in a way, because this is another very inevitable reconciliation, wasn't <laughs> it, that has been seemingly on the cards for months now. But unlike that storyline... As of the end of this week, the two of them are back together again. I mean, they haven't emerged from the bedroom. Oh, no, was was Daisy in today's episode? I think she was, actually. Yes. Daniel's still in there, recovering. <laughs> after that hot night with Daisy on so Wednesday. Sultry. The bed. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm glad they're back together. I think I didn't... I wasn't a fan of them at the start. They're very, very... Um, 
chalk and cheese, but you know, opposites attract, as they say. Well, um, I mean, they're no talking... No more drama or sadness for both of them. Let's just have them be fun together as a couple. They're like chalk and cheese, but Nikki and da- Daniel are like chalk and petrol. Like, why are you? Why are those two things together? Why is, is there something normal about chalk and cheese together? It's the saying. Yeah, Daniel's chalk because he's a teacher, teacher at the whiteboard. And, and Daisy's t- cheese because she goes cheese and takes a photo of herself. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, nothing. I don't just make these up, you know. Nothing it's all planned. Nothing to say about this. It's happened. Let's move on. Now, Gemma, you were quite into the, the Faye storyline. Well, I kept telling you to shut up. I was, every time Faye and Craig came on you the scene, I was like, You kept talking to me about something else. And I was like, can you shut up? I'm trying to watch this. But yeah, you, you enjoyed it more than me. Well, you, you, well you, you I found felt, it. Yes, you, you sympathised with the characters more than I did. On Wednesday, Faye's getting um, early menopause symptoms and her HRT doesn't seem to be working properly. And so Craig tries to push her into talking to Dr. Gaddis about it. And she comes back and she talks to Sal and she says... Um, there's no miracle cure it's hrt or nothing and then sally offers her some support and she talks about how she went through it it that i did think this bit was was a bit cringe because she's like you should talk to your doctor about hrt it wasn't appropriate for me because of my breast cancer but there might be alternatives that you could try if you talk to your doctor. If and you then, have any other questions, go to ITV t- ITV.com slash advice. And then, like, music plays and then, like, some, like, text comes on the bottom going, please do not talk to your doctor. <laughs> so, anyway, um, she says, look, you need to think this through. I support you. Um, what you. Do whatever you feel is right for you, but make sure you know what it is that you're doing. Because, obviously, Sally is basically Faye's stepmom, isn't she? Because she's... Yeah. Because I was watching this going, what, what is she talking to her for? But I forgot she lived with them for ages. Because that's how I'm much I pay attention. Recently. I know. Um, then, uh, Faye and Craig are talking in the pub. And Sean overhears them talking about what I, I, I think was menopause symptoms. Yeah. And Sean's like, oh, yeah. Uh, don't worry about that. I remember when so-and-so was going through that. She's a bloody nightmare, blah, blah, blah. You're, you're too young to worry about that kind of thing. And then walks off. And obviously that makes Faye feel even worse. So on Friday, she's looking up HRT stuff on the internet. And she says, I don't think that I want to pump myself full of chemicals. I'm only 20. It's really, I think it's a really bad idea. Um, so she looks into alternatives and then they, one of the things that they find online is that you should drink licorice tea. That sounds foul. The most hilarious thing to me was that not not that they not just that they decided to drink licorice tea, but that they found they were drinking out of takeaway cups. Where did they find that had licorice tea? Yeah, I don't think that's the sort of thing that Roy would sell, is it? No, I don't think so. Although maybe Bernie's working there now, I can. Maybe she's like, "Oh yeah, here you go. Some here's some licorice tea, and if you need any crystals, I can realign your chakras. That's probably what's wrong with you." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Craig, Craig doesn't like licorice like me. If Beth said later, so. Well, I think comment. I'd rather take the chemicals. Thank you very much. Beth comes and sees them, and she's like, uh, "Why are you doing that?" Do you remember what happened to Sinead? She didn't listen to the doctor. She was drinking. She was ignoring her doctor's advice, and she died basically. And then they get upset, and so Beth apologizes later, and she says, "Um, "Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't understand why you wouldn't listen to a doctor after what happened to Sinead." But anyway, my mum swore by this herbal tea. Here you go, and gives it gives it to her, and that's the end of that. Thrilling. So, why did you enjoy this storyline? 
I didn't enjoy it. I'm just interested. I don't want to say any more than that. I just, I just, I, I don't know. It's just Craig and Faye. They're a bit boring, aren't they? There's a lot. It's another story to me as well. Like putting this story on in the same week as the summer wasn't a great move because you've got two stories now about teenage-ish girls who are going through medical problems and finding it difficult. And, you know, they're both kind of... It's very interesting. Plucking on the same heartstrings or attempting to. It is the same idea, yes, it really is. And it is quite interesting that this has come up considering that there's quite a lot of stuff about in HR about I didn't we say this last week or when we first started talking about this about HRT like there's, there's that Davina McCall program and everyone's talking about the menopause and things and stuff that you don't get told when you're a woman and you should really know but nobody tells you the same as all the horrible things that happen to you when you're pregnant and mm. nobody tells you because they think if we t- if we tell the women they'll never have babies again. But Gemma's found out. Yeah, I found out, and I don't know, thanks very much. <laughs> um, anyway, it's the, the the thing about this HRT stuff and menopause, it's it's caused a shortage because everybody's trying to get it. All these women who never would have known that they wanted to take HRT, apparently, this is what I heard, mm. it's causing a shortage. Okay. And this is not obviously going to be in the show because... I mean, the whole thing feels to me like it's Faye's discovering that she should take HRT. Yeah. Similar to Summer's discovering, I should probably just bite the bullet and take my insulin. Yes. But I don't know why they've decided to become spokespeople for HRT for w- women who are experiencing incredibly early menopause. Mm. It's not... I don't understand. But I, I, I am finding it interesting in a very unpleasant way. Okay. Um, right, the Tile Street story then. So Jacob tells Amy that Tracy spoke to him last week and said that you should move back into number one for a little bit. We're just launching straight into that. Amy isn't keen to go back to mum and dad's house. And he says, look, I don't want to be responsible for you getting your poor grades. You've got your A-levels you this week. You want to go week. to Oxford? Where's she? Where's she? She wants to go, she to wants to go nearby, doesn't yeah. she, somewhere? And so um, he goes to number one, reports back to Tracy. No joy with convincing Amy. So then Steve heads out mysteriously. And this is a bit of a... um, supposed to make you think that he's off to do what... Misdirection is the word, yes. So the McDonald's are there at speed dial later. Jacob comes in and finds them saying, Oi, what's going on here? Someone's dobbed us into the council. Um, And everyone thinks it's Steve. And we are the viewers are supposed to also think that Steve's gone on and done this. But he says, no, honestly, I was just ringing Keith the plumber. And it all ends in people arguing and storming off and everything. So at the end of the episode, Amy comes home to number one on the condition that Jacob's allowed too. So hooray, this they've all moved funny. in there together. Tracy lets them. Jacob also says, um, oh yeah, I, it turned out that it was one of my neighbours who reported my sister. Because remember, they're living at his sister's place pretending to be her or something like that. But And the sister hadn't brought a tin opener back, so the neighbour reported her. I don't know. But for whatever happened, um, they've been... Um, Deported. Yes, they've been slung out. And then Keith, the plumber, rings and Steve um, does an extravagant... Um, Proving smugness. that I was actually talking yeah, to... Saying, oh, look, hello, it's Keith, the plumber. Oh, the, the Keith, the plumber, who doesn't exist. Yes. And Steve was just being stupid. So that was it for Monday. Wednesday, um, Amy has spent her first night back under the roof of number one. She's had quite a nice sleep. Although, tell Steve, I don't want to stay in here for good. It's just it's temporary, right? So then we have Ed insert himself into the story. And he's kind of, they're out outside the front door, aren't they, number one. And Ed's looking up and going, Oh, Steve, oh, look at it. Looks like you've got a loose tile up there, mate. I could have a look for it if you want to. <laughs> I'll have a look for it. And... 
It's up there. I could have. A, I could get up my ladders. And Steve's like, oh yeah, I know what you're like. Steve was such a massive arsehole. ass, massive ass to Ed. How bloody rude of Condescending him. Condescending. Yes. Dick is he what really, he was doing. He was really. So, oh yeah, you're gonna come here and you're gonna tell me. But mind you, we could we could sympathise with him because we did have someone come round and go, oh yeah, your roof, yeah, that would be ten thousand pounds, and we went. Okay. <laughs> we did spend ten thousand pounds on our roof last last year, last Christmas. Um, but it's, it's, Steve is just oh my gosh, he winds me up properly. He does. So he deserved to have a tile smash on his head. Maybe it's some knock some sense back into him. But anyway, this is what nearly happens to Tracy, doesn't it? Because she comes storming into the cafe later when where Steve is, and she says, "Um, I was nearly brained by a falling tile earlier." Very convinced. Should have happened to Steve. Very convinced. Only one scene ago, he was told you your tiles might fall off. Next scene, oh, your tile has fallen off. You weren't wrong. He's not. He's he's a prophetic. Ed Ed should have been like, I'm not wrong. Is that not wrong? That tile's gonna fall down on your head. Call him Oracle Ed. They should do. Why Um, don't they? I don't know. Um, and then so Steve says look there's no arm done anyway you didn't and Tracy die. is traumatised <laughs> by this and Steve says don't worry I'm going to pay to get it fixed so he kind of goes sheepishly back to Ed with his tail between his legs saying look can I um, I'm bowing down to your superior knowledge Ed I will allow you to fix my roof if you're still up for it and no. Ed's like no not after how you spoke to me this sod morning. Off. Good for you, Ed. He yeah, sod off. Real git. Um, so then Smug. Jacob comes by and he says, oh, I've got a mate who could do your roof. <laughs> Steve bites his hand off there. Later on, this guy's done it, this mate of Jacob's, and um, Steve kind of gladly pays up the cash, which I can't remember wasn't very much, was it? Well, he's sort of gloating because Ed's there. Yeah, Ed, Ed was... Well, it was would 50, have, I can tell you how much it was. It was £50. Was it? Ed yes. would have charged a lot more. So, yeah, Steve's well, gloating. Because he would have actually fixed it. Yeah, and, uh, and, then, and then as the scene goes on, Jacob reveals that this guy was somebody that he met in Young Offenders. He used to be a burglar. He's the new Graham Proctor. Yes, he is. Which is who we put on yeah. our YouTube channel this week. Um, he, he says, yeah, he's not exactly trained or anything, but he's sure he's done a decent enough job. And Ed just kind of chuckles to himself and shakes his head and walks back into number three. So um, that was it, really. We, we had, um, yeah, that was it. Because I've just noticed in my yeah. notes here that I've got something about Sean and Frank, which belongs to a different story. Yeah, so different I've, to, one. I've done that twice. There was, yeah. a, there was a note about Tim Sally one. earlier on as well, wasn't there? Tim and, and Tim. Sally. I don't know what I'm doing with my notes this week. But anyway, uh, so what can we there. we can see a, a catastrophe about to happen with Steve's roof? Obviously, is imminently going to collapse. Perhaps jubilee disaster. Oh, you know, disaster. Britain's yeah, could be Britain's Got Talent jubilee disaster. Maybe Abby's running down the street with uh, Alfie. Alfie in her hands, and a then a tile just de- de- decapitates her. No, do you have a tile lands on Alfie? That's horrible. They would not do that to a baby. They wouldn't, would they? No. Um, yeah, what is there to say about this? It was just Steve being a bonker, really, wasn't it? But nice for Ed to get involved with other people. And we did get the uh, the great line from Jacob this week. Mornings are quite slow in the drugs business because he's talking about watching children's TV, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, I want them to say at the end of the episode, if you've been affected by any of the issues in this episode, go to checkertrade.com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> any Anything at all? Any commentary on this story? Jacob's great, isn't Jacob's he? Jacob's great. Roofs are expensive. Um, that's it. Steve needs some Steve's kind of a lobotomy. Plonker. Yeah, Steve's had a lobotomy and it, yeah. it worked perfectly. Right. Um, let's let's do the Tim storyline, and I will try and get us back up to where that where I put the note earlier on in my uh, in the notes in the document. 
Well, Tim's getting fed up with Sally banging on about him going to the hospital. And they've been sleeping in separate beds. Mm. Things aren't going very well. No. And then Faye finds Sally's upset at work. And she says they've had a row. So Tim, Faye goes to see Tim. And she says she thinks he's upset because he's not in shape after the operation. And then he goes along with it. But then he goes... He tells Sally later that he's rebooked with Dr. Gaddis. Okay. Because he didn't like to see her upset. And then they go to see Dr. Gaddis. And she says... He says, oh, I don't want to tell you because I thought you might laugh. And she goes, <laughs> I wouldn't laugh. They do have a laugh together. She laughs they? a few times. It's quite weird. But she just says, um, please don't take any random drugs because uh, we don't want you to turn into Abby. Um, she just taps, him, she just taps says, on his like, computer, changes his maybe prescription. It's, maybe it's because your medication is set too high. I'll reduce it. And then take things slowly. Don't get too stressed out. Um you know, there are also, have you tried other things? You know, there are websites you can look at. I'm <laughs> going to prescribe you Sally some and Tim have done pornography. All sorts. <laughs> look, if Lucky Burglar isn't getting in going, Gemma, she, she, she's like, it's time for medical intervention. Just imagine they're going, oh, we've tried everything. We've tried Sexy Solicitor. We've tried Randy Estate Agent. Have you tried Lucky Burglar? That was the first thing we did. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, well, if you go onto the NHS helpline, there is actually a list of scenarios that you can try. I reckon. And there's that... a free post that you, a free address that you can send to for some nurses' outfits and used scrubs. Oh yeah. Do you think Do you think Doctor Gaddis does a bit of doctors and nurses? She's probably bored of it. Yeah, it's a bit of a busman's holiday. Somebody for her, said, isn't "Do you it? want to play doctors and nurses?" You say, "God no. Been doing that all day." <laughs> I want to play knicker stitches and um, a factory boss and knicker stitches and uh, and barmaids. I thought you could say balm maids. No. That's what Shona is. She's a balm maid, isn't she? <laughs> Thought was, that's what they should have called Doreen and she- Sheila in the early episodes, isn't it? Not the balm cake girls, but yeah. the balm maids. Anyway, yeah, nice to see Dr. Gaddis again. More Lovely hair, hair as usual. Seems like she's got a different What's haircut her secret? every week. Um, this is yet another story of which basically the moral is listen to your doctor. That's the moral of Summer's storyline. That's the moral of Faye's storyline. That's the moral of this storyline. It is like, go to the doctor and they'll solve all your problems. Yeah, basically. Um, Is this episode sponsored by the NHS? Is this NHS propaganda? I don't know, but maybe they're trying to angle for a Best Soap Character Award for Dr. Gaddis. I approve. I'd vote for it. I do approve. I am sick and tired of medical stuff. I don't... I, I watch... I find it... It makes me anxious. I. It relates too much to... My life, I don't want to be reminded of things that worry me. Don't say that this Tim storylines relate to Michael, your life, Gemma. I can't do Lucky Burglar anymore. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know what I'm saying. I've been yeah, saying yeah. this for years now. I they, d- they rely on it. They've too done much. it just going for the back last to the five same years. Old well. It really feels like we've had the same story over and over again. If somebody gets something wrong with them. And they may or may not die, depending on if they're called They Ollie may or may not follow the doctor's Sinead. instructions. Yeah. Anyway, um, here's a new story. Sean's storyline alert. Frankie goes to Tullywood. Um, yeah, so we get to actually find... Um, we get to see one of Sean's dates at last. And well, we you know, find out he's got a horrible, uncurable disease. He's got Ebola. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Well, He's got monkeypox. Sean's, Sean's, yeah, maybe, maybe if they're really up to date, they'd do it in EastEnders. Um, yeah, Sean's love life has been apparently. By the way, if what? you, I think, if you've had your smallpox vaccination, I think you're all right. I've heard. Oh, thank goodness for that. 
That's what I've heard. I've seen some really horrible pictures of monkeypox on the internet this past week or two. Um, yeah, I don't fancy Sean's love life has been really weird, hasn't it? Because every so often, like, you know, every couple of months, he'll just come in and swan into the rovers or something and talk about this guy that he's dating. But we've never seen it, have we? He's, like, had the most dates and boyfriends out of anybody in Weatherfield. Um, but now we've actually got a story relating to his relationships and... I really like this. Blow um, me down. I'm interested in this. But then I always say this when a Sean story comes up. I'm always very defensive of Sean. I like him as a character. But I'm always left a little bit disappointed. The homeless story, not so great. The um, the pyramid scheme storyline last year didn't really grab me. But yet I am still thinking, you know what? This story with Sean and Frank could be quite good. Yeah. So um, basically... Um, Sean is kind of bemoaning his lack of success on the dating front to um, to Daisy and Paul or whoever in the Rovers later. And then this guy, um, Frank, comes into the pub and he seems to recognise Sean from Tinder? Is that it? Maybe he recognises one... him from Coronation Street. That's it. You're the one that did that Anthony Cotton show, aren't you? That failed chat show that one time. Remember that? He's got a date with an accidental swipe on his on his dating app or whatever. And Sean says, no worry, I will help you get out of this. And then the guy turns up to the pub later. <laughs> and it's only flipping in from the isolation creations, isn't it? It's, it's Jamie Honeybourne who has um, regaled us alongside his um, partner. So I can't remember funny. what his name is. On isolation creations ever since oh, the beginning of quickly, the lockdown in 2020. You guys need to check. If you guys have not checked this out, and I, they don't seem to get, they, they should don't have get way as many more, views as they should. They really should They're be fantastic. smashing Twitter because they are bloody fantastic. They're absolutely hilarious. So it's these two guys, and, and the guy Jamie who play, uh, um, who was playing, was it John or Don? Or it's Alan today? and Jamie. Yeah, it, Jamie's kind of the straight man, isn't he? And Jamie is the the very rubber faced. Um, what's the opposite of the straight man? funny one they're both they're both hilarious, they're hilarious. but they they their their shtick basically is putting on their ward they their wardrobe must you know rival doctor who's in terms of scope and size they have got a wig for every occasion maybe this is where jenny bradley's wig has ended up i think this would be a good home for it but they can they can put wigs on and become anyone. They're really good. And, and I always thought They're that so funny. Whenever I used to watch um, like French and Saunders, I always thought that Jennifer Saunders was brilliant at just being anyone yeah. with putting a wig on. But these two are... They're fantastic. Wonderful. They play male characters, they play female characters. Yeah. And, and, and um, Jamie's kind of thing is, he's got a beard, so isn't it funny when he dresses up as a woman? And the reason that these came to our attention during lockdown, we probably talked about it on the podcast back then, to be honest, is that they, they'd done a series of videos about Coronation Street, hadn't they? And it's basically, yeah. when, whenever... It's just a skit, mo- Most skits. of their videos that we see, that, that I've ever seen anyway, is that the theme music to the programme plays, <laughs> and then they dress up as various characters from it. Yeah. So their Coronation Street ones, they had one for the 60s, 70s, 80s and 90s, and it was just them dressed up as various Coronation Street characters, getting their mannerisms down absolutely brilliantly. Because yeah. I think they are both actors, I mean, Jamie definitely is. I can't, I can't remember about... Um, is it Alan, did you say? Yeah. But um, they are so, so, so good. They are brilliant. My only disappointment, really, is that because my TV watching is so narrow, the vast majority of what they do doesn't mean anything to me. Well, because yeah, because they, they, they basically send up like lots of kind of retro 
kind of campy TV shows. Like they've done loads of Dallas ones. They did loads of Quarry ones, like you said. Yeah. They do Eurovision ones. Yeah, yeah. They've um, done loads of really good Eurovision ones. They're they're just brilliant. And then and they sometimes they'll do like live quizzes on YouTube. They're so good. Stuff. They are really really Follow good. Them. I could not rate them more highly. At at create isolate. There we go. So um yeah so um th- so this, this guy always... we knew who this we were like oh we know him off the internet. Did you know? Did you see that he? Did we had we said before that he was going to be on? Because I think I only found out last night that he was going to be on because they put something on their account saying watch out for Jamie on Coronation Street tomorrow. You Did told tell me you yesterday, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but this isn't even the first time that he's been on Coronation Street. He was a post office yes. worker, I think. I think he was the guy who. Norris and Rita went to one time when Ramsey had sent Norris a telescope in the post. I think I'm right in saying that. I might not be. But yeah, he played a completely different character about six, seven, eight years ago. I don't know. But now he is Dom slash John slash Don. I don't know. But he comes into the pub um, and um, Frank asks him if he's ever used caffeine shampoo. I wasn't necessarily paying attention to that. I was too busy going, oh, look everybody, look who it is. So anyway... This is when Sean's plan gets put into action and he storms into the pub pretending to be another of Frank's many conquests, making him out to be some kind of serial data with a very worrying rash down there, apparently. And then um, this guy makes a hasty exit and leaves. So it was quite, it was it was very funny. It was a shame it was only a blink and you'll miss it appearance from, from Jamie. But um, I don't know, maybe he'll come back again, but. I'm thinking probably not. <laughs> no, but it um, would be nice if he did because he was he's great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Although I have to say, the role that they gave him doesn't show off his talents because no, no, he no, was no. very subdued. He didn't have bed. to wear any wigs. He right didn't have any lipstick on. No. <laughs> I think I I want to see a curry spin-off with him and Fergus. Yeah, I think okay. That would work very yeah, well. yeah. I, I want to see a Coronation Street spin-off with him and Alan just playing all the characters. Yeah, no, me too. <laughs> um, anyway. Well, because oh, I know we've also talked about them before because they were on the um the big fat soap quiz last year, weren't they? There was there was a section of the quiz when they were oh. dressing up as characters and the and the, and the soap stars no, had I don't to guess who they were going to be. Got, they have any, their Twitter presence is very <coughs> small compared to how much they do and how the quality of what they do. And yes, they're much better than us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't even wear lipstick at all. <laughs> Um, anyway, Frank goes home and then um, Daisy's like, Sean, what are you doing? This this guy clearly fancies you. He's into you. He's into you. What are you doing? And Sean kind of scoffs at this, saying, well, Frank's not my type. He's over 50 as well. <laughs> Jenny doesn't like this. Yeah, I Jenny's know. like, um, excuse me. I mean, I've got, how old's Sean now? He's in his early 40s, isn't he? So, uh, but yeah, he, he doesn't want an older guy. Um, and Jenny's like, yeah, Frank obviously fancied you. Go after him. So, so he does. He kind of chases him down. Um, he, he finds him coming out of Roy's, I think, and gabbles on. Gabbles kind of an offer of a date out, and and Frank's like, yes, I do. He he, he does. Uh, Sean's just gabbling and gabbling and gabbling, and Frank's already said yes about five minutes yeah. before. And um and Sean's uh, was, uh, thrilled. He gives him his number on a beer mat, and um I guess we. That's no classy. That is. We, we we find out next week or the week after what goes on between um, Frank and Sean. Um, Is Frank another... um, What? Phil, who is just... Is he just in the show to be... He seemed very nice. I can't remember the the name of the actor who plays Frank, but he used to be in Brookside, apparently. He seems like a nice chap, doesn't he? And I think this is what Sean needs, a nice, serious... It's a nice, normal guy. Mind you, Michael, I hate to tell you this, but... but, um, 
Marcus was a nice normal guy. He yeah yeah, yeah he was. And wasn't he broke he? his heart. He's dead. Man off the I I am very very happy for Sean to be getting a story. I think it's. Although I know it's Sean's stick that he's perennially lucky in unlucky in love and you know always the singleton. But why not? Come on, give Sean a give Sean a partner. Give, give him, him a, a go. Long, give him a long term partner. Is this going to be Coronation Street's first gay marriage? I know they've only just met each other and have already <laughs> married them off. But I I would. I would like to see this. I, I, I think it's great. I think they're further along than anybody else who's eligible. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, they're dating each other. I hope that Sean doesn't screw it up somehow. Have we got any other gay couples on the street at the moment? Nina, Nina and Asha, are they dating? Are they still together? I don't even remember anymore. Don't know. Um, but mm. yeah, I, I am. I yeah, great. great. Nice, nice job. I'm, I'm sure I'm in a minority here, but I am. Yeah, looking forward to finding Sean out. What's is, Sean here, is. Sean like. is. Um, it's a shame how uh, divisive a character he is because he is a bit of a treasure, really. And I know that that's another thing that's people people going to be a bit like, oh, he is iconic. He well, is whenever, iconic. whenever you see, you know, especially on the Digital Spy forums, people saying, oh, Corey needs to axe the dead wood. Anthony Cotton's name is always one that gets brought up. But that's because of the way first. the show treats him rather than anything else. I think, I don't think it's just that. All right. No, I'm not. But I'll I, fight I, you I, if you I, like. I, 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 I disagree. I, I think that Sean's great. Um, so yeah. Anyway, that that was it. That was this week's Coronation Street, and I thought it was a, a fairly decent week. Um, I yes. think I will score it first this week because I've made you do it first the last few weeks. I am giving this week's Coronation Street three and a half. Yeah. I'm giving it three and a half homoerotic host fights out of five. Don't sigh. It clearly was. It clearly was. What about you? I am going to give it three and a half. Bigfoot's falling off the flat earth because that is totally my wheelhouse. <laughs> okay. Um, characters of the week. Which would obviously week. not happen because although Bigfoot is real, the earth is more hexagonal than anything. Are you, are you scoring it in Bigfoots or Bigfeet? It's Bigfoots. Is it? Yes, oh, okay. I know. This is true. Or is it like Pokemon where the plural is the same as the singular? And also, like Pokemon, if you are very quiet in the forest, you will know when a Bigfoot is around because it goes, Bigfoot, Bigfoot, Bigfoot. <laughs> That's a Pokemon joke. Um, right, character of the week this week. I mean, there's certainly some char- some storylines that I can discount characters of the week. Um, I think... I can't, I can't give... As much Phil? as I love Dabby, I can't give it to Abby because she's being a little bit sneaky, isn't she? She's being a... Bap. Um, I'm not giving it to Summer or Faye or, or Daniel or anyone like that. I am going to give this. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Tyrone. I, I just love him as well. No, I hate a, him as much of a dirty dog as he is. No, I think he's great. I, this bodes I, very poorly for the future of our marriage. I enjoyed how, how much how... you are willing to forgive. I know. Although actually, it bodes well for me. Should I choose to have an affair with a Romanian nail bar technician? Yeah, exactly. You might. That's well true. Do I that. need to think. You might I find need to... a, a hunky nail bar technician. Oh, just a sexy one. Gemma, I love you so much. Just do my nails. Oh, says Gemma. No, I think that Tyrone's just lovely, and I think it was nice that he was accepting of the proposal as much as it pained him to do so no um, no don't forgive he, him you know, he, 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 just, he's, he, he, he offered to drive traitorous. all the way to Cardiff to go and get this toy from Hope the thought, I, I just think I, I thought that his reaction to Phil's um, story of putting a, the engagement ring on a willow branch was hilarious <laughs> what, a, what a sap huh? he, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, 
yeah, Tyrone is my character of the week. What about you? <sighs> it's another week where I'm like, as a... <laughs> I don't think there was any definite. There weren't any standout performances or characters given stuff to do where you're like, yes. Um, I might give it to. Oh, what do who do I give it to? I don't know. I don't. I'm feeling grumpy now. I've suddenly come over all mad. Samba. No. She. I mean, she did do a good performance at Harriet, doesn't she? She did. did I stuff. will say the scene where she sat on the chair and she she's injecting herself. That she's was very good. Sobbing. It just was really heart wrenching because you know that she's trapped by this mm. horrible condition that she is completely enthralled to. Do you give the character of the week to Hope for I her wanton gonna... destruction of Phil's de- uh, yes. windscreen? Do you give Maybe it to I Tully? Maybe I should give it... I think I'll give it, to, I'll give it to Hope because who doesn't love a small child in a digger? I, I don't share the um, the internet love of Hope. I know that that's also not the right thing to say, but it seems like everybody who watches it absolutely loves Hope. And I'm I... like, she, she's all right, but I don't... I'm not... I'm waiting for next week when she starts threatening kids at school and this is totally what a kid would do. With saying my dad's a murderer, I, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, she would, wouldn't she? She totally would do. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. you just imagine her going, "Mummy, mummy, mummy! Oh, what's what's wrong, Ruby? Hope said, Hope said that her dad's going to come from the grave and kill me. <laughs> well, yeah, he might do. Yeah, it's possible. Right. Are we? Are we We're done? done? We're done. We're done with street talk for this week. So let's move on. So that's Street Talk over, and now it's time for the cabin. Uh, there's not been much news this week. We've, we've got kind of one big bit of news, and then a couple of little bitty bits of news that I thought we'd just put in for filler. But the main thing that we've got to talk about this week, Gemma, is the National Television Award. I said that wrong there. National Television Award nominations, because this week the long list came out, so we get to find out who is up for the Serial Drama Performance Awards, which is the main one that all the curry people are fighting over. But obviously um, you can vote for Best Serial Drama because it's classy, it's not a soap. Vote for curry. Um, and they've also got The Rising Star, which seems like it's just the rebranded Best Newcomer. And Paddy Beaver has been nominated for that. So uh, good for him, because that's not just soap people that are up there. It's on all kinds of television shows. So um, he's the only Corey person there. So definitely click his way when you're voting. But um, yeah, as I said earlier, the, the big uh, one here, the big talking point is the serial drama performance. Now, this is just the long list, remember. So this is going to get proper whittled down in summertime. But there are six curry people that are up for the awards this uh, year, and they are Harriet Bibby, Georgia Taylor, Sally Carmen, Charlie DeMello, Millie Gibson, and Maureen Lipman. Gemma, thoughts? How could you make me pick? Good thoughts. Well, you got to, haven't you? This is cool. I, I was, um, you know... Interesting that they've got given Harriet Bibby a nomination there. Not that I'm saying she doesn't deserve it. We've literally only just been saying that she did a good job in the scenes this week. Um, but I don't know whether there's enough sympathy out there for, for Summer's character for her to maybe make it through to the shortlist. It's, it's really still, frustrating. It's, always, it's a massive honour to get on the long list yeah. anyway. I'm sure she, she gets that. And she's, she has got some very stiff competition here. What's frustrating? Like you can be a very talented actor and you can give fantastic performances... But if your storyline or your character don't elicit sympathy, you know, it's difficult mm. to 
to get those awards. Yeah, it is. You you, you got to have the audience behind you, haven't you? They've either got to love you or really hate you yeah, as, a, as a great soap villain, which is where I think that possibly this year, the likes of Georgia, Sally and Charlie could come unstuck because none of them are being completely sympathetic are they this not, year there's no villain here particularly obviously i mean i guess imran's the biggest villain out of the lot of them but even he i mean he's he, he's just done a little bit of perjury hasn't he? he just wanted to get his son he didn't want him being lost in the system or Who anything hasn't done I, and he's perjury. doing a little bit of sneakiness but i think i mean look I've, I've spoken to a few people about imran i was talking to one of my tas at school about him today and she was like oh i really used to like imran just until recently and so he's but i thought i I don't I don't think what he's done is that bad. Maybe I'm just a blind Imran fanboy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's possible. I, there have been a lot more villainous villains than what he's been up to at the moment. But um, I'm really, really chuffed for him that he's um, got this nomination. And same with Georgia as well, because I don't think she's had any other nominations recently, has she? Obviously, Sally Carmen has already got a groaning mantelpiece from all the, um, the awards that she's picked up in recent years. And I think she was she got the NTA last year, didn't she? It was basically her versus um, uh, Molly Gallagher. And, uh, and and I think, yeah, and Sal, Sal picked it up. So, um, but yeah, Georgia Taylor, nice that she's being recognised because obviously, apart she's from being so talented. a lovely lady and a friend of the podcast, An she is also a very, very good actress. It's disgusting, and, um, really. She's, she's had... this doesn't feel right to say but she's still not had loads to do she's been in lots of scenes but the story to me feels like it's been more Imran versus Abby and also Toya's on the side Mm. but I've got a feeling that we're going to be seeing a lot more of um, Toya in the forefront of scenes in the coming months and when these nominees yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, when these scene, these nominees are put forward to the various award givers, they always look into the future, like Coronation Street or whatever, and say, well, these characters are going to have lots to do between now and, I think it's September maybe, when the NDAs happen. So, um, yeah, so I reckon that they're kind of saying, keep your eye out on Toya, really. So, um, Toya fans, hooray, we've got lots of great stuff coming up from her, and I, I'd love to think that she makes it um, into the shortlist, at least. I can almost guarantee that Sally Carmen will be there because she is just an awards magnet at the moment. But also great that Millie Gibson's up for one. Um, she has she was just recently um, nominated for the the young performer on the British Soap Awards, wasn't she? I can't remember what other awards she's picked up recently, whether she's been nominated or what. But um, that's great. And Maureen Lipman um, as Evelyn, she's a lover or a hater sort of actress and character, isn't she? So um, can't say whether she's going to get through. It's a, it's, a, it's a really difficult one. I'd obviously absolutely love Charlie to get onto there um, as, again, another friend of the podcast. But but you said at the beginning, Gemma, how are we supposed to pick between, you know, basically... There's some really, really... For us, it's, but it's Georgia and Sally and Charlie. But Millie's amazing. Millie's like, amazing and she's the, very lovely. The bit where she was... Yeah, her and Laura's scenes, mm. I really was so impressed... I thought she was magnificent, um, and she is she is really nice. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, it's it's difficult for us because we we are friends with I'm Georgia not and Charlie. I'm going to pretend I'm not biased. Not we we are totally no biased pretending. here. I have voted. Nobody will know who I voted for. It was very difficult, but I have voted, and it was for either Georgia or Charlie. But you know, 
They're both winners in my heart. I hope they both get through. Please, everybody. Oh. I might just vote for the other one with another email address. I should probably do that, shouldn't I? You might I, as well not bother debating at all, then. And it feels bad for me to say, but I don't want Sally Carmen to get through because I'd rather... <laughs> well, I don't, because she's already got an NTA. I'd rather, clearly, I would rather, because I'm massively biased, that it was Georgia or Charlie. Michael. But I think that Sally will get through. Sally Carmen's amazing. She's brilliant. She's absolutely fantastic. Abby is one of my favourite characters You're too characters honest on sometimes, show. Michael. You really are you. You really do say everything. Yes, well, that's what a podcast for, isn't it? Surely. Anyway, if you would also like Nobody to vote, because Gemma secrets. hasn't voted yet, I'm st- I don't know whether I've swayed you with any more honesty in the last five minutes, but nationaltvawards.com is where you need to go to. Well, I or, think it's not what? fair to to not vote for Maureen Lippman. Why? She's she's like a, a, she a she's dame. a grand dame. She yeah, is, so she, she should is. get all the awards. Um, you got to vote by Monday the 6th of June at 11pm and then we're going to get the shortlist and then voting will reopen again and um, yeah, the NTO awards will be, I think, yeah, I think it's September sort of time. Come on. Next. So next story. Well, that, that was the main news. I was just trying to fill out the news section because next ones were a bit weird and this one just piqued my interest. Apparently Bill Roach, one point in his life, wanted to be in cowboy films. He said that he wanted to get into westerns. Um, this was a, uh, an interview that he did with the Sunday People. And he said, when I started out, I wanted to be in films. Particularly, I wanted to be in westerns. There was a time in the middle of my career when I was in my 40s. I thought, if I'm going to get out and do something else, now is the time. But I only thought about it. I never actually did it. Oh, yeah. I realised I'm really proud of Coronation Street. Lucky to be in it. So, I remember um, that when he didn't go in to be in uh, West I remember the exact moment that he didn't go and be in cowboy films. How old? What? So in his 40s. So this would have been in the 80s, right? I, and yeah, and I think that he... Were, were Westerns screaming out for middle-aged northern actors? <laughs> I don't know. He can turn his Were they even popular in the eighties? I don't. Th- did he? Was he considering being in Blazing Saddles? Because I would have died if he'd been <laughs> in that. It's, he only thought about it. I thought um, about lots of things, but I don't go to the paper about it. Your, your dad loves a western, doesn't he? So he does. Your, your dad could have like a William Roach DVD collection on his shelf. We could have yeah. gotten that for Christmas. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Who, who'd have thought? But then but... we wouldn't be that interested in Bill Roach if mm. he hadn't been Ken Barlow. Tell you what, though, if you want to see what years. he would have been like in a western, watch the video of Harry Hill's song Ken, because yeah. that's set in western. Land, yeah, it's got like it? a, a very wild epic, west, wild westy theme. Yeah, yeah. So you can. Well, I mean, I know all about westerns. Chewing on a bit of backy and. Uh, I feel like a kinship towards westerns now. I played that? Red Dead Redemption Two. Oh yeah, yeah. I have been a cowboy. Could you? Could you imagine Ken in that? Well, I thought about him being in a western, and then it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, any, I, just thought I also that was thought interesting. about winning the lottery, and it didn't happen. Oh uh, well. Um, also, also interesting news. Our commiserations to poor Alex Bain, who had to spend an evening in A&E this week after injuring his ankle. Poor chap. So Alex plays Simon Barlow, of course, everybody's favourite Barlow. Um, he had to have a foot brace this fitted. Just gossip, yeah. There was other gossipy things that I could have chosen from for the news this week. Somebody's broken up with their fiance, and I'm not even going to mention I don't that because it's that gossip. Is, I don't I'll care. tell you later. No, no, it's, it's not newsworthy. I just want to say, Alex Bain, I hope your foot's getting better because he, he was going Alex. on holiday to Frankfurt. Bad news to you get your ankle. Both my ankles are duffed up now. They are. He, he was going on holiday to Frankfurt, though, and he had to get wheelchaired through Manchester Airport. Well, he was probably glad of the seat. 
Yeah, well, he, he was probably, waiting in the yeah, queue. I think he did his ankle on purpose. It, and that, can we sorry, move out of this Sorry, that's it for the news. Sorry, if you're so desperate to find out what our feedback is, then I will end it's the news It's not news, though, right is now. it? Alex Bain hurt his ankle and, <laughs> and <laughs> William Roach the was like, the barrel, I, I, I wish I'd been in a Western. <laughs> fine, fine, whatever. Let's move on to the feedback section then. <laughs> Okay, feedback, feedback, feedback. Um, thank you, everybody, who voted on the Facebook poll this week. I kind of feel every week when I do this intro to the feedback section, there should be a more interesting or varied way that I introduce every single week. Here's the Facebook score. But I am very, very grateful to everybody who did vote on the poll this week. I haven't got another way of saying it, so I'm just going to read out some of my favourites. Judith voted four plates of nibbles featuring parsnip chips, olives and whatnot, and some taramasalata, if you're lucky, out of five. Nice. Ricky gave it four stand-up washes with a boiled kettle when the hot water's off, out of five. Uh-huh. Pat Lower, two and a half scanted scatters provocatively around out of five. <laughs> and that gave an average score with all of them combined. It wasn't just those three. There were many more of 3.58 out of five. Oh, I just realised I did it a little bit different. Usually I say what the average score was first, don't I? Oh, I'm going to try it that way around next time. Keep you in suspense But now you're getting back into another rut doing it the same way can you get me out of this rut, Gemma, by telling us what Susan has had to say via the medium of email this week she says loving podcasts as usual I loved how you disagreed with me over Nikki and her right to work despite her past profession I think you're right if we all felt the same about everything then conversations would be mundane this is the beauty of drama we can support despise or be indifferent to characters and not cause any harm always the characters not the actors when we've spoken to actors in the past they've always said that just be honest and say what it is it's the uh, and, and, and if everybody loved everybody it would be weird the whole thing about soap is that people are supposed to disagree about things well, some of the of time aren't they otherwise where's the discussion oh there. that was good yes wasn't that good a lot of the characters jobs aren't there to be liked and frankly some of the most boring characters are the ones that are just like nice you know mm. do you remember how anna used to be She'd be incredibly bland when she was just nice mum anna yeah she went definitely went through a bland phase yeah um susan says Anyway, when I mentioned I love listening to you both when out in the garden, you asked what I was planting. You, of course, are coming into the most glorious month in the gardening year. I can't wait to see the hanging baskets on the street. I was planting winter flowering pansies and bulbs for spring, plus popping a few fuchsias in little nooks. Oh, lovely. Do you know what those are? Fuchsias? Yeah, they're the dangly purple ones, aren't they? Yeah. We've got some out of our, outside our front door. We've got a, Thank you very we, much. Susan, we have a spectacular fuchsia bush. Yeah, we're all discovering now what the flowers are that the the previous owners of this house have left us. So we've got them. We've got some lovely lilies, haven't we? We've got some lovely foxgloves out the back. Out the back, very very nice. Um, Well, thank you very much, Susan. For I was actually interested, and and you have told me. I do love pansies. 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 (laughs) My favourite pansies are tiger eye ones. They're very uh, very cool. Mm. Anyway, thank you very much. Um, Charlotte has emailed us with a request for info. I'm doing a gardening podcast. Charlotte, what are you planting? Plantcast. Nothing. She's planting herself oh. at the British Soap Awards this year. Oh. She needs our help. She wants to know if we've got any advice about going to the British Soap Awards. She says, do you have any advice on timings, etc.? Can't seem to find much information no. online, so I thought I'd ask the experts. Can you watch them on the red carpet? Or do you have to go and sit in the theatre straight away? How earlier, before the time awards start, do you advise I go? I'm going on my own oh. and a bit anxious, so I plan. Yes. I want to plan as much as possible. Now, this is... Um, 
the awards, the British Soap Awards this year are at the London Hackney Empire, and we've been to them twice before. One time was when we got tickets to go into the audience. I think we've only done that once. And one time we went there just to go and have a look, didn't we? Yes. And I think it was... I don't think we knew you could buy tickets then. No, it must have been like four years ago maybe that we did it, because obviously there was no Soap Awards last year or the year before that. year before that it was in Manchester... So yeah, it must have been four years ago that we went. I can't remember the exact details, and we definitely do have a podcast, Charlotte, where we talk about our experience In about excruciating going. Excruciating detail, probably, no doubt. About going to the Soap Awards. If you go onto our blog, look at the, and I don't even know whether it's there, the specials segment of, of the little page. And then there's like a trips up north section. And because London is north to us, I might have bunged it into yeah, that. Yeah, it is. But we, let's just kind <laughs> of um, randomly say, well, not randomly, let's ad-lib what we think we did. So I I can't remember what time the awards actually start, but I would probably recommend going, what, two, three hours earlier? Uh, yeah. Gemma's shaking her head and shrugging. I don't so. know. I don't know that there will be that many people there three hours before. No, it depends because what what they'll be. You basically got your Hackney Empire, which is a big theatrey building on the corner, and then there's like a square, isn't there? A town with, with yeah. a town hall right outside it, and that town hall is where, for the last two years at least, they've had the after show party as well, and it's also where the cars pull up to let the celebs out. Um, so what you'll, again, if everything is the same as it always has been, on that square, they'll have some railings up. And when the um, when the cars pull up, or actually, isn't there sometimes buses that, yes. that ship the cast in? Yes. Maybe there's that. Yeah, so that, that pulls out there. And then everybody walks past across the square in front of the town hall and then into the Hackney Empire for the Soap Awards. So if you get there, you know, enough time in advance, and I'm saying two hours, but... You know, that's just rough estimate. If you get up to the the bars, you will absolutely get to see some of the stars as they're coming into the theatre. Some of them will just walk past. I would say most will come over and say a little hello. But don't forget, if they don't, it's not necessarily... It's just, they might be shy. Oh, yeah, they yeah, definitely. They might be anxious themselves. Yeah, I mean, I remember last time... Um, who did we have? We had like, Faye Brooks was there. She came and said hello. Jack P. Shepherd did. Um, Charlie was there. It must be incredibly intimidating yeah. to walk towards a gang of people and you don't actually even know if they're there to see you. Yeah. They might not be... I think I remember wanting to speak to Jenny this... McAlpine again, but I don't think she came up to say hello to people. And I definitely remember um, Louisa Patikas, who played um, Moira. She just got went, went straight out of the car and up to the yeah. up to the, the theatre or the town hall. But you will absolutely get a chance to say hello, get some photos, get some autographs. With some people. With some people, but not yeah. everybody. What we did last time... Have you, you've just been on the podcast. It's episode 311. 311, there you go. So we went there, got there super early. It was pretty much empty. And there was a Japanese restaurant nearby, wasn't there? So we went and had something there. And and I was probably spending the whole time at the the restaurant going, let's go, come on, Gemma, let's go, like with ants in my pants, because I didn't want to get back to the square and find out that all the good spots had been taken. But you can kind of jostle your way to the front if you want to. So yes, you can wait there. Then um, when it's, I can't remember what time, when it when it's empty and everybody's gone in, then you go round the side into the theatre up the top. Here's a tip, Charlotte: take an electric fan because it is very hot in there, or at least it was last time we went, and we didn't have it a fan horrible. with us. And Gemma was sweltering; she doesn't like the heat at all. I hate it. I don't mind the heat, but even I was very very hot. So take water, take fans, um, and then the show starts. Um, after the show, 
Um, if you nip out of the theatre quick enough, go back to where the barriers are, then hopefully you'll be able to catch some of the stars coming out and walking from the theatre back to the town hall. If that's where they're holding... If, if that's where they're holding they the after-show party, party yeah. I can only assume it is. Um, so you might be able to catch some of them. They might come and see you again, or people wait, who didn't see you before might come out again. If you wait a really long time, you might see them coming out of the party. Yeah, because the first year that we went, we didn't have tickets to the Soap Awards. We'd just been doing some work for Gemma's magazine in London, and we and I was like, Gemma, can we go and see the people at the Soap Awards? <laughs> so we just popped on the tra- by tram and underground and, and went over there, and we stayed quite late, yeah. and we saw them coming out, and then they went into the party, and then usually a lot of them will come out for a smoke won't they yeah so you can see all well, your favorite soap separate, stars no, smoking and vaping bit for that there, there is round the round the corner i, don't, I think they, they don't like to be photographed doing that no and then if you say <laughs> yeah and then and then we also saw some of them getting into taxis didn't we it's so exciting like isn't danny it danny dyer jumping around going oh i'm danny dyer i've oh, 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 got another award oh, tonight oh. in it um that's where we also saw um el mulvaney and that was that was six years ago and we just happened to be walking just on the street and she was there on the street wasn't Wait, she looking very looking very wee as yeah, a what no. 14 15 year old you might have been back then bless her um because that that was the year when they all got all the soap stars on the bus didn't yeah they? and sally Ann matthews waved at me and that i was, was so excited I, I think that was maybe i think that was possibly the first encounter that we'd ever had with so sally Ann matthews with her waving at me from the top floor it's of like a bus. the queen I know. And also Sue Cleaver, I remember looking quite grumpy that evening. Sue I don't think she it. was particularly into it. But um, Charlotte, I'm sure you were going to have a brilliant, brilliant time there. Um, it's a lot of fun. Take your camera. I feel like an old granddad. Take your camera, make, make sure you've sure got plenty you... of film in it. Make sure that you've got extra film. Yeah, it's, it's going to be great. Bring your autograph. It will but... be hot in the building. Don't. Maybe. Yeah, don't. Yeah, it don't also depends on how high you were because we were right in like the rafters, yeah, yeah, right with a big, big spotlight there behind were, us. That was probably it, to be honest, yeah, quite possibly. But it's because they were like, You can't be anywhere near the stage because we know what you think about Philip Schofield, we can't risk him, <laughs> don't risk it, right? Um, I hope that's been helpful. But yeah, if you go back to that episode of the podcast that Gemma mentioned earlier, it's on the special section of the website, you can hear us talking about it. And um, I, uh, is it your turn? Are you reading the next email? Well, if we answered all the questions, you you will have to make sure that you go, wait, you look at your ticket. I think it starts at half seven. You must make sure you're prompt to go in because they will not let you in because they film. Mm. And um, don't be late because you won't be allowed in. Yeah, I can't remember whether what there is in terms of intervals. There can't be anything. Is it? Is it going to be? It must be on telly live well, this they, year, so there won't be anything. If they're filming it live, you know, they do talk to you, and Philip Schofield might say some some naughty words because he's. Cool. Oh yes, Philip Schofield will definitely swear on the night. Yeah. So we record that and upload it up to Twitter for a bit of scandal. Um, and, and they'll fun. also when the, when the advert breaks come on they often show like old clips particularly of yeah. the cast that are still there now when they were little so you'll have to see a little bit of young Alex Bain and Sam yes, Aston and fun. stuff and the you? other thing that's quite fun about it too is that you get to see who goes out and who doesn't get back in time yeah yeah because remember um, is it Molly Gallagher talking about her being a seat filler yeah and so they do have to have seat fillers because they just bugger off. They, all, they just wander away. They, a lot of them go out for a vape and a smoke, don't or they? Or a wee or a drink. Yeah, and they just and don't, they don't make it back. back because yeah. if you're not through the doors when they start filming, you're not allowed in because it makes too much noise. Mm-hmm. Philip Schofield gets very distracted. <laughs> right, let's move on. I hope that's answered your question thoroughly enough for you. Gemma, I'll pass over to you. Now, this, this is, is a it... comment from Jay on our YouTube channel. That's right. Um, it know. makes me sad 
no one is too keen on Daniel and Daisy stories. There is the question of how many times they can break up and get back together, but their performances and the romance writing, especially, is so good. I love seeing Daniel pop up on screen. Him saying, my feelings haven't changed. And he's waiting for her. It's straight out of a Jane Austen. Pride and Prejudice fans will have loved it. Even his cringy line, get your backside in that bedroom. It's so teachery. <laughs> You've said that to me many a time. <laughs> yeah, that's the, the line they use on you, isn't it, Gemma? Uh, he says, that can- Change the bed sheets. Gemma, Gemma, change me sheets. <laughs> he says, that compared to the pointless dream sequences with unlikable summer, it feels like a different show when she comes on. I'm racking my brain wondering why Billy, Todd, Paul, Ardy, Amy and Asha all care about her. Seems harsh, but they haven't given her any redeeming qualities at all. When was the last time she did or said something that wasn't ungrateful and miserable? Harsh words against some of there, but... It's kind of kind of true. Kind of, kind of true. She yeah, is, she is, it is true. They haven't bothered to make to give her any kind of like oh yeah summer's summer's sad about this but you know it's really fun when she yeah no you're right there's no balance there is there i think that she's just a wall of misery i think the part of the problem is that she it does feel like a completely separate character to original summer yeah and i don't even imagine that she's like into robots or anything like that like she hasn't even brought robots up i know well we all have these phases when we're teenagers don't we and also it's in what the robot teenage phase yeah I, it was also quite weird too that they uh, that they gave her this thing about robots even though I, I maintain oh, as always she she didn't actually like robots she liked statues of robots because a robot isn't a shell it's actually the mechanics that make a robot that makes a robot a robot right yes why didn't they do, give her some kind of brainiac interest in actual robots as she was in A-level. Why didn't she do some kind of like mechanical engineering thing yeah, or something cool? For. Well, she does maths, but she doesn't do any sciences. She doesn't do physics or anything. No. Why? That would be really interesting and it would be cool and fun and it would be something that they could write in the script, just like a throwaway line like, oh yeah, my drone blew up or something. No, nothing like that. It's just like, I gave the banal answer to my <laughs> English exam question about Henry VIII. Henry the Eighth in an English. Henry the Fifth. Henry the Sixth. Oh, was it a Shakespeare? I wasn't really listening. Rebecca this week has said, love this I week of Corey. She was talking about last week, especially Wednesday's episode. Ugh. I don't think I've laughed so much in ages at the show. Gail and Sally's conversations were perfect and I laughed so much at Gail saying that Richard had trouble and that's why maybe he did what he did. I also enjoyed Tim's I Hear You Sally But. I'm worried about Uncle Ronnie, though, going after Sally, although Tim isn't helping the situation. Silly Tim. I love the doorbell camera catching uh, Sally and Ronnie talking, and it's a perfectly modern item to catch people out. Yes. I was thinking more about that doorbell cam. That thing's going to be going off all the time, isn't it? Because it faces right into a busy street. Yeah. With our doorbell, literally, yeah. it doesn't activate until somebody comes right to the door. Well, yeah, because nobody's got any reason to be outside the door. No. So I wonder whether it's just going to yeah, be, but a, don't forget be a bit that you, annoying. Yeah, but you can, you can tell it where... You could tell it the where distance. to... The distance. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can tell it up and down wise where you can... Like, I suppose maybe it's just... Set so that it only goes off when someone presses it's the doorbell. Not real. I thought about it too hard. Um, can't believe Rebecca says it hasn't been it hadn't been used sooner. 
Finally, two words, lucky burglar. <laughs> I also like the Alfie naming ceremony too, and I'm glad that Toy is being shown more sympathetically. Yeah. And I can understand why she wants to give Abby more, Abby more access, although she could come to regret that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, I don't know, I wouldn't like to speculate. Like Michael said, I love the little smirk that Abby gave, and I'm glad we now know that it's the passport that Abby wants. Looking forward to more of this in um, this week. I'm also loving all the John State references, and I'm hoping that Phil is doing a good thing rather than something bad, as I still like him, even though I want Ty and Fizz back together eventually. The conversation Tyrone and Fid has, Fizz had in Monday's episode was so cute. Oh, and Michael into true crime, crime podcasts? That was brilliant. I knew straight away you would link this to the John State podcast. <laughs> I agree that Daniel and Max stuff let the week down a bit. I'm hoping Daniel stays teaching us. What else can he do? Work at Underworld? I really hope Daniel also doesn't end up with Nikki, as I much prefer Daisy. I'm also glad mm. Max seems happy at the PRU, and maybe that might be better for him. Daniel quitting teaching is a bit like Craig quitting police force recently, wasn't it? And then a couple of months go by, and then he's like, actually, I do quite like arresting people. So maybe Daniel's going to decide, you know, in, in time for the new term in September... I really would not be job. surprised if he went back to teaching because it just seems like such an obvious thing it to does do seem that obvious. character. And, you know, Coronation Street's had teachers many times over its year. They've got the sets. I cannot, I just, we, we didn't even remark on the fact that they had a new school set. They did, they had an exam room. They we? had an exam hall. They didn't just give him the exam in Daniel's classroom. Yeah. There's more than one place. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they if they didn't just actually film a real... Exam. What do you reckon? Yeah. I don't think so. Um, I love Jacob in Friday's episode, says Rebecca, especially the bit where Eileen caught him having a shower and dragged him out. I'm also wondering if his sister has already been shown on the screen, not Lydia Gemma. Sorry. <laughs> or if she hasn't, will she be soon? I also think Amy and Jacob will end up back at number one correct? Despite her protestations. I also appreciated the Manchester Arena tribute as well, and I like Gail and Eileen there too, putting aside their differences for the greater good. The greater good. (laughs) I also like the bench being used as well in the tribute. It was a very touching and emotional moment. Um, Character of the week is Tim, but honourable mention, go to Gail and Fizz, and I'll give the week four, four and a half emotional tributes done for the Manchester Arena bombing victims out of five. Thank you for your Thank you very review much. of the week, Rebecca. Yeah. Always love to hear what you think about it. Gemma, back to you. Now, this is a fangirl overload. We haven't heard from her for yonks. Yes. I've put her as Lily now because she has changed her Instagram um, moniker to Lily, but she explains this in the first sentence. Right, I haven't okay. actually read this yet. She could talk about anything. I just she copied says, and pasted, so go. It's me. These past few months have been pretty much non-stop for me. I haven't really had a chance to properly give you my thoughts on Corey. Firstly, I'm quite upset with the Alfie storyline, mostly for its treatment of adoptive and step-parents. First of all, Imran all but turned his back on Elsie when he realised Alfie was his son. It seemed as though he, and by extension the programme, were saying, yeah, it's cute fostering and adopting, but my own biological kid comes first. Perhaps I wouldn't have minded so much if Elsie wasn't the centre of his universe until he suddenly had a real son. Not to mention the way people, characters and fans alike, are talking about Toya. So now all step-parents are just monsters who rip families apart. All those people who have devoted their lives to fostering children. Every adoptive parent is inherently worth less than bio-parents. Toya will be ten times the parent to Alfie than Abby and Imran put together. Fight me. Oh, I'm loving this, Lily. <laughs> right on my... This is... Yeah, we are definitely of the same mind of, on this. She says, how come all anyone on Corey can talk about at the moment is sex? 
Admittedly, Tim and Sally are the worst, but Adam and Sarah, Craig and Faye, and Eileen and George all seem to be particularly horny. But then again, maybe somebody else is fine with it, and I'm just the person who ruins it by complaining. Listen, Lily, you can't ruin anything by complaining. I'm su- it only enhances. I've not really noticed that. I, mean, I suppose that with Tim and Sally, it's been like very in your face. You, you'd have to be crazy not to notice that. But I'm just thinking it's more the medical things that's. The more it is interesting, yeah. You notice the things more that annoy you, don't yeah, you? Yeah, that's true. Finally, I can't wait for something, but it's a spoiler, so I can't talk about it. When it happens, though, be prepared for a long message talking about how much I loved it. Oh, Cory, please don't mess it up. What was that? I'm kind of I kind of wondering whether, whether Lily's just talking about next week. Well, I hope you love it. It could be. I mean, it could be anything that's been on our. Cabin extras recently as well, but I'm, I'm kind of guessing next week. And oh I yeah. Also, hope they don't mess it up. Very important. I don't think they can get it right good next week. They can't get it right for me. I'm just gonna quit. Quit the show. You can do it with Lily. No. Uh, she says, "Character of the week is Paul, underrated king." And I give this week's Corey three and a half. Licorice. Paul, underrated king. He's not the underrated. Um, king. he is underrated because you don't even like him. I don't not like him. I just don't find him particularly interesting. What's he done to get character of the week? I can't even remember. Shut up. He's an underrated king. Okay. Gives this week's quarry three and a half licorice teas out of five. Shut up. You're horrible. Finally, I really enjoyed the middle section on Squid Game a few months ago. Thank you very much, Lily. Thank you very much. Uh, She says there is a Hunger Games style generator online by Brant Steele. It's completely randomly generated, but you need a little knowledge of the series to understand it. But putting random characters into it is so fun. Lovely, I'm glad nice. you enjoyed that. And we will finish the podcast today with our feedback Thank you very from much, Lily. Nancy, who says, Sally and Tim's spa night scenes were hilarious <laughs> this week. It was wonderful to see Debbie and Ronnie involved too. Love the fact that they mentioned Tim Pertent in the programme. <laughs> I think it's great that Conversation Street came out with it first. Yeah, that's right. We definitely did. Definitely. I hope Sally and Tim can reach a point where they can communicate better. It's looking like Abby has a plan to run off with Alfie, which reminds me of when Brian and Gail split up. Brian took off with Nick and then came back. Do you remember Ooh, that? There was, a, there was a chase down the motorway, and um, I can yes. kind of remember a bridge yes, over they, the motorway. They stopped that... at a service station. Yeah, yeah. It I was think like that's the most it. laid back chase in the world. Yeah. Sorry, I'm going to stop for a, for a pie. Can yeah. You <laughs> back off. Um, the line, I'm already in prison, this is me breaking out, sums up Abby's state of mind at the moment. It also explains why her plan is not a good one. I fear this whole event will set Alfie back and derail his future. Uh-huh. Alfie needs Toya, Imran and Abby. Good uh-huh. luck with that, Alfie. I think that Tyrone... <laughs> that was me. That was good my luck, commentary Alfie. There. I think that Tyrone wants to get back with Fizz so badly, he's com- it's confusing him to be overly suspicious of Phil. It's causing him. Causing him, yeah. yes. This may all backfire on Tyrone, unless Phil has his own secret. Well, turned out he did. I feel sorry... Uh, I'm just making up just, words. Yeah. Just whatever. I feel... <laughs> I feel that Michael is an amazing podcast. Oh, no, she doesn't say that. I think that Gemma is beautiful and unique, like a gem. You've got her number there, Nancy, I tell you. No. Nancy says, I do feel that the show disrespects teachers. Yes. I'm hoping Daniel will change his mind on Mrs. Crawshaw. Or Mrs. Crawshaw. Or Mrs. Crawshaw will help him change it. Daniel and Daisy, meanwhile, belong together. 
I absolutely love Jacob. The scene with Eileen finding him in her house was hilarious. I hope they keep Amy and Jacob together too. Mary and Jacob scenes were wonderful. I hope Tracy helps Amy and Jacob out and it's good that Jacob has a backstory. We're going to find out more about that backstory, I'm pretty sure. Yep, I think so too. Nancy gives this week's episodes four out of five Asbo omelettes. That's a good one. I loved Gail and Eileen <laughs> playing tribute to Martin and the victims of the Manchester attack. And Nancy's character of the week last week was Gail. Is Gail so stuck, so suck it. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm still wondering where you were talking about Jacob and everything and they're supposed to be at the precinct. No, Abby's at the precinct actually, isn't she at the moment? Yeah. They weren't. I wonder how the building work's going there. But I haven't seen any Corrie Tor set pictures for like a month or so. Is it starting to look precinct yet in that area? Also, I'm really curious. Please, if anybody knows, let me know. How is it going with the other extension bit with like the set, you know, the, the set extension that's going to be the new, not the set extension, I mean the tour extension. With yeah. the building and the Rovers pub and everything. Because I, I thought that it was supposed to be next month that it's opening. But it feels like, you know, we'd know about it by now. So I hope you know it's going to be soon. know what they need to do? Anyone that's been to Media City recently, can you send me some photographs of the new building work? I really want to know what happened because it was like nine weeks ago that we were there, nine or ten weeks, and I want to see how it's going. Thank you very much in advance. What? They need to get Anna Rice on there. Yes. She'd be like, come on, everyone. I saw an article online the other day that there's going to be a new series of Challenge Annika. Did you know With this? Annika Rice in it? Yeah. I'm not watching it otherwise. Hobbling around. Bloody love her. In a, in a shell suit. Charming men into giving her sacks of concrete to build orphanages. Yeah, but don't fall inside. No. Otherwise you'll have to strip down she to your knickknacks, Annika. She wouldn't be so silly. yourself down. She's a very sensible lass. Mm. That's it for this week's podcast, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. I, I think I, I'm quite pleased with how today's ones went. I think we felt quite jovial. Hope everybody else enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> it's I, not going to be like this next week. I do not know what we're going to be thinking and saying next week. I think we're going to have very many mixed emotions about next week's episodes. Very, very many. I am really, really looking forward to it. Maybe if I... And not in other ways. Don't watch it. It doesn't happen. This is how I am with... This is what I'm like with the 10th series of Friends... What? I refuse to watch it. Oh yeah, you haven't watched our friends then, have you? No. And you didn't watch how the Big Bang Theory ended. No, I refused to watch the last episode. Yeah. That was because of Penny though. Why? Because she was like, I don't want kids, I don't want kids. Actually, a child's the only thing that will complete my existence. <laughs> like, why? Can she not just be happy? Whatever. Anyway, if you would like to get in touch with us, and by all means, please do send us your commentary on the week's episodes as they go, because Britain's Got Talent Week and all these big weeks are always really fun to hear about your thoughts on them. Go um, and send us an email at conversationstreet at gmail.com. Absolutely, um, we'll be on the Facebook group this week sharing our thoughts as we go. I'm sure lots of people will have plenty to say about <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday's episode. Every so day please, please, on. please add comments to the threads. I'm really interested to see what people's reactions to everything are. Um, we'll be on Instagram. We're on Twitter. I'm sure everybody knows. You probably all follow us there. We're on Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, <laughs> Patreon. Sign up to our Patreon. Don't forget there should be some bottles winging their way towards some of you at the moment. But if you haven't got it you're on the rovers tier don't worry we haven't forgotten about you maybe if it isn't here by christmas we've forgotten about you but you will get it your bottle eventually um you'll love it when you get it it's amazing it is it's really good it's really good and it's just in time for summer slash winter if you're it's australian too late for summer she's already failed a maths a level she only, she only she'd had a beautiful bottle full of delicious crystal cool water yeah i know i know or sugar water depending anyway 
that's it. That's it. Enjoy the rest of your life. I will never see you again. Goodbye. <laughs> what? What are you planning to do? I'm going to quit. We are the show. supposed to be having a bonus podcast between now and this time next week. Remember, I'm quitting the show. we're doing one based on something that Gemma has decided this week. So look out for that. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. We will see you then. Tara and Gemma. Who did the music for this podcast? Came from podcastthemes.com. I knew it. Oh, oh, oh.